You flaming idiots! Take this! Feel the power of my magic! Easy breezy, ladies, gentlemen, enemies, welcome to Warrior Death Show's stream of four, covering Azekin episode nine. I'm Shaden, joining me again as always is the Soul Doctor. Hey fam, what's going on? Did you know that the SJWs are rooting Final Fantasy? Really? What, how, I mean, how, do, do you explain. <laughs> first it was Rage Against the Machine, and now it's Final Fantasy. They have these guys caring about the environment all of a sudden, right? I mean, they're... There, one might think they were eco terrorists or something weird like that. Fucking liberals changing shit up. What the hell, insane. man? I mean, next thing you're gonna tell me that Public Enemy are completely apolitical. <sighs> They're supposed to I be knew, right. I, I mean, I knew that's what Flavor Flav told me personally uh, in a DM, right? I mean, I'm gonna say as well that Azekin Number Nine is the most apolitical anime episode of all. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to say on the way in which you know. Businesses fail due to prevailing economic conditions or anything like that. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. But anyway, uh, you might notice there's a third window here, and you might notice that you may recognize him. Joining us once again is the indomitable Alex. Howdy. Howdy. The chef You're is a back. Hit Mr. King Shits himself. Just ima- imagine the fireworks going off behind me. We don't have the budget for it. I would rather you did do that. I did recently, again, watch uh, Ride Your Wave, and if there's one thing that Masaki Uasa is trying to teach us, uh, firework safety is very important. Mm. Don't, you know, don't be setting them off anywhere, you know, inside indoors, or in places that suspiciously look like they have the tree of life inside of it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about that particular Uasa work. Uh, so, uh, we're back here to cover episode 9, uh, which I believe is called Aim for Comets A, although really it should be called The Origins of uh, Mini Mori. Ah, because... Uh, Mini to Maxi, a Katamori story. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Alexander, were you also... I don't want to say disappointed because Azerkin doesn't really disappoint us, but given the episode (laughs) title, were you expecting some, you know, gunbusterishness? No, not particularly. Oh, Uh, you know you were. Come on. Is this episode title called Aim for the if, X? If Kanamori does the Gunbusters pose in the next few episodes, I will die yeah. on the spot. She could pull that off as well, maybe, to be fair. You know, maybe that's why they didn't do it. Like, too powerful. Too powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Anime as an industry would be done for that. I mean, you know, for all that Kanamori wants to keep anime going, or at least her own little group of animators, she would be the end of it all. Now, but, Kata, but Katamori, if anything, is like, no, hard work and guts is not enough. That's true. That's true. That's like, uh, you're right. You're right. I'd like to think maybe, like, the Azerkin girls themselves scrapped the plot of the episode. Katamori's like, no, this is not what well, we're about. To, to be fair, though, Doc, you've missed that there are also two other possibilities for what this uh, episode could be referencing. Could be the Katamori Gassery. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 
worth it. Worth <sighs> it. Uh, this also could very be a lost episode of Sarah's of Mine. There were Kappas were mentioned. Um, I kept, you know, you capitalism know, I wrote it in my notes. Cap- yeah, Kappa- capitalism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw the Kappa thing, I was just like, no, keep walking, girls. Were you this looking for, well. for Kepi in the background like me? <laughs> I definitely was. I was just thinking, like, Mizuzaki says to Askuza, like, did you hear the word Kero then? Repeat over <laughs> and over. I'm like, no, keep walking. Keep going. We're fine. We're fine. I'd like don't, to think don't. that Kepi was meant to be in this episode, but he was just too high and did not make the screening. <laughs> Kanamori as a Toji Kappa with a bandana would be great, though. (laughs) Dude, that would rule. I'd love to to see Kanamori being interviewed by Rayo Mabu. I reckon she would completely and utterly just own them. Like... Mmm. Yeah. Yeah, she can't be allowed in that universe. I feel like the power (laughs) balance is too much. This is true. This is true. Alright, so we're going to discuss the... the, uh, Who were the bad guys? Was it um, the Otters? She would just yes. fucking throttle them and be like, get along, okay? We don't have time for this shit. And then throw them back in the water. This is not conducive to good business. Yes, exactly. You're creating oh. inefficiencies. God, I think that would that would have to be Okanamori's heel turn, though, because she would side with the otters. You're right. Shit, you're so you're totally fucking right. We would ha- we oh would have God. to have a Kanamori redemption arc. <laughs> Which would make it uh, the greatest show in the world. Th- this is this is true. This is true. All right. So today, folks, we're going to talk about the episode, go through the plot, have a little couple of you know, crack a couple of jokes, a couple of sides, and then get into some you know nice meaty discussion because I think there's plenty to talk about here today. Uh, not just in terms of Kanamori's backstory, but also in other elements as well, like how I mean, you and I, Alex, like we've been cl- together as a matter of fact to actually one or two nice little bars in our time and I got a very strong vibe like from the stuff that Kanamori was talking about with visiting places like the uh, fruit ramen bar like man I need to visit places like that more because otherwise they just disappear and that sucks uh, am I right? yeah I, I really um, uh, I really liked that you could see that the um, ramen bar was already on an incline before they walked in nice already on a downward slope if you will <sighs> You're it's sad. It's sad. Damn! Return of Shadon! Here to defend the title! <laughs> I'm sorry, but you threw down with me last week, and it's only fair that I respond in kind. Uh, well, at least, uh, at least... You love this, to see it. <clears throat> at least if this whole anime thing falls through, then Kanamori can basically be Japanese Guy Fieri. Oh, you know, look, her own, no. like, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I mean, she finds a new fucking hole in the wall every couple no, she- weeks. She's Jonathan Gold, basically, like, you know. <laughs> Replace Anthony, like, fill the void in my life that Anthony Bourdain has left. Kanamori, please. Oh, man. That, 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 that's, that's a lot to ask, to be fair. Well, Kanamori is up for it, let me tell you. She's not, but but to be fair, she's not the next Anthony Bourdain. She's the first Sayaka Kanamori. That's Damn, a fair point. True. That's true. All right, so, Doc, I believe you've got Swear Up. Let's go yep. over the polls from last week. All right, so if you don't know how this works, every episode we do Twitter polls live when we're streaming, and you can vote on them during then, and we will update the polls at the end of the episode, but they will be up for a whole week so that if you are watching on demand or whatever, you can vote on them. And then we check in on them. Uh, next uh, next episode, which is what we're doing now. So these are the polls from episode eight. Poll number one. Again, these are voted on by you. I must stress, you the fans. 
What, are you trying to say that you're already disagreeing with that? Wash my hands of these polls. No. Um, did Kanamori cross the line by stating that whatever was necessary to benefit the production in the long run had to be done? Paraphrased. 54% say, nah, that was fine. 38% say it was a bit much, and only 6.5% declared that it went into George Wada territory. This is one of those polls that doesn't age very well because I feel like people would answer differently with the context we get in this episode of her backstory. <laughs> there seems to be a trend with your polls. Mm. It's like the people making this show watch our show, as it turns out. They're... And that assumes, of course, they turn it all around in a week and do it entirely to our whims, which may be a bit presumptuous Listen, on my part. we're emotional about the things we watch. We may be a bit reactionary, but that's all right. We're fans, too. Um, but I agree with the poll. I think it was fine. Do you do you disagree this week? I think it was with the well, with the context of you know of this episode. I think it actually makes perfect sense for her to feel the way she does. Oh, totally. sure. Now, now that we are informed as to her tragic backstory, uh, I... Doc is all for it. Kind of worry. No, no, listen. Go she back and listen to last week's. <laughs> you can... The only glasses I wear are hindsight brand. You know, mate. <laughs> Man, twenty twenty, you know... a Kanamori fragrance. I didn't even. <laughs> I did not even, though I mentioned, I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, that um, all the talk of parents made me think, where are Sayaka's parents? Um, I didn't even necessarily want a Kanamori backstory, but I am really glad we got it. And Shadon will, mm. will talk us through that in a moment. But for now, Indeed. poll two. Best stealth action sequence, question mark? Oh my god. There was a lot of contenders. <laughs> oh, who was? <laughs> Do you know why I'm laughing? Because, again, the poll has not aged well because someone put out an amazing, like, uh, edit on the actual clip of um, Mizuzaki sneaking through the fair set to Metal Gear Solid's alert theme with the UI. I think it means it did age call. well. I think you just were... But I, I saw the results foresight. and people were, not yeah. vo- people were not voting very highly for Shadow Moses. Uh, but clearly someone, no. you know, had the inspiration for it. Yeah, yeah, look, it's... Azuken Shibahama just did it better. They wore it better, you know, they, they've surpassed their their forebear. <laughs> An anime um, to surpass Metal Gear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So 65% uh, voted for that. Um, Runners-up were Liberty Island, Deus Ex, Ocean's Eleven, Casino Heist, and Metal Gear Shadow Moses, all coming in at sub-20%. Pole toi. Did you finish this episode with a more favorable, spelled with a U so you know who wrote this, opinion of Miyazaki's parents than when you started? Innocent, innocent as fuck me, honestly. Butter wouldn't melt. Yep, better. Better opinion. Uh, grabbed 82.1%. And uh, mm-hmm. 14.3% said about the same, and some <laughs> somehow... 3.6% said they have a worse opinion about Miyazaki's no. parents after the episode. Did, did they did they comment? Because I want to hear those opinions. No. <laughs> no, no, uh, no follow-up on this. Just the just the vote. Um But yeah, they the the Mr. and Mrs. Mizuzaki came off quite well. Um not as perfect parents, but as people that cared and realized their their faults. Yeah. Flawed individuals. Poll four. Do you think when Mizuzaki notes to her parents that they are also actors, does that mean 
she thinks they don't genuinely approve of her making anime. That's a real pretzel of a sentence, Shadon. <laughs> I have to say, that was... I write pretzels. <laughs> I would <laughs> like my... to note that I was against this from the start. You were, yeah. Listen to the tapes. <laughs> the video evidence. <laughs> the uh, pod is available for you all. Is there. So, um, 62.5% said no, um, that Mizuzaki doesn't think that they don't approve of her, so... Mm-hmm. Um, poll five. Now, now you're speaking like Shatner. Yeah, it's well. I'm I'm like trying to edit out like a lot of. of I'm trying to to condense it in my brain. I apologize. Poll number five. Was it ever <laughs> explained why Mizuzaki was dressed like a manta ray? No, this is a very matter of fact sort of poll. No, we got ninety three point three percent. 6.7% say yes, and again, please, uh, if you did vote yes in this poll, follow up with us, because I would love to know where it explains it. Um, and those are the polls. All right, then. Uh, so thank you very much, everyone, who took part in the polls. We'll be doing more as this particular episode goes along. Do feel free to check them out at Warrior Death Show on Twitter. You know, they'll be running for a week. Game ball in the democratic process, you know, even though, as we've learned, you know, throughout doing Azekin, the polls will be out of date by the time the next episode comes out anyway, so screw it. You might as well go hog wild. Pick whatever one you want. It's great. Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> well, yes, pick whatever one you want. Keep, like, I thought you were saying just Poll randomly. Poll number click. five. <laughs> Do the structures of polls hold any integrity in the uncertain future of this anime viewing market? Mm-hmm. What layer comes after, eh? Yeah, that old joke. Yeah. All right, Doc, do you have any info on the creators for this week? I do, I do indeed. So episode number nine, as you have said, is Aim for Comet A, or Kometo Awo Mezase. And nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, that's why he made the Gunbuster reference. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the physical pain that went across your face then. Do you, do you, want, do you want an ibuprofen? Uh, Maybe two. No, I'm good, thanks. He's, he's more of a Tylenol. <laughs> what um, does that even mean? I don't. I don't know. I don't even have Tylenol here. <laughs> um, here is in the Netherlands, or here is in your home? Both. Yeah, technically <laughs> both. Tylenols. It's not in the Netherlands. Is that true? Yeah. Tylenol. Tyl- okay, fair, fair. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, there's uh, two occupants of the director's chair this week. I believe that is only the third time that's been the case. Um, but it means more work for more aspiring creators over at Science Saru. So that is a good thing. Uh, we have uh, Takuya Fujikura uh, as one of the directors and Karen uh, Noguchi as the other. And um, Fujikura has a, a very, very tiny CV. Um, it looks like they were involved in the production, production, excuse me, production advancement for the second season of Mr. Osmatsu. Um, the opening, the ending, and episode five. Uh, production advancement for, uh, how do you pronounce this? I'm going to, I have to like... Okay. Type, it, t- 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 type it out in our little chat here, Doc, and we'll give it, it a try. So it's spelled like... 
lowercase e with a line over it. Okay. Lowercase l, capital D L I V E, L live, but eel live because there's like a line over the e. I don't know. It's a very recent robot show. I think it's a robot show. I've not had nearly enough to drink in order to attempt to pronounce that. You know. Um, I can slur my words pretty well as is, but I need actual alcohol to go to that next level. Uh, what is the where where are the genres? Science fiction. So I guess maybe <laughs> not. Hell drive. <laughs> That's a rough one, man. Um, uh so anyway that they, they worked on that with in production advancement as well, and uh Super Shiro uh, directed episode seven. I feel like everyone who's worked on this show, at least that we've pointed out, has been involved with Super Shiro. So I'm going to have to check this out. Um, and Noguchi-san um, has done some work on a lot of really high-profile stuff. It looks like that they have done a lot of work for Toei because we got some Precure stuff here, uh, in-betweener on a couple different Precure movies. Um, an in-betweener on the Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods movie, which I like quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, you got your One Piece... Uh, Mecca, four different Precure movies, uh, Super Shiro again, and uh, did some flash animation for Lou Over the Wall, which I assume is where she came into the orbit of Yuasa-san and Co. Mm. Uh, and those are your directors for episode nine. Excellent, excellent. All right, so let's talk about the plot of the episode, and it begins with, well, it begins with a Dragon's Den style meeting here between Kanemori and the student council in a moment which reminded me of all things of Watchmen. Uh, there's the scene of Rorschach in the prison where, you know, he says, you know, I'm not locked up in here. You, your lock's been here with me. And that was basically... Hmm? Question. Doc, Doc's waving his hand. I have a question, Go teacher, sensei. I'm raising my hand. What is Dragon's Den? So Dragon's Den is this kind of British reality TV show <laughs> okay. that I barely uh, have ever watched. Tech. Oh. Yeah, basically. Okay, okay, right. We're good. All Thank right. you for being our bridge. Yes. Thank you for bringing the bridge here. Okay. Thank you, Alex. You, you've saved me there from having to go into massive briefs of detail. But yeah, uh, Kanamori has been asked to explain, you know, to the student council why uh, she is getting rent from Sakura Brewery. I mean, sorry, uh, Sound Brew in a, well, I think it must be a deliberate shout out to the Saga community. I can't totally. see anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're taking credit. They're taking credit for it. Let me just say that. <laughs> So, and why not? Yeah, why exactly. Not? Of although, course you would. Although I, I would maybe we should ask Kevin to come on the podcast at one point and just ask him if he's actually you know siphoning off rent money from clips of animation. <laughs> is that how he's paying for his electricity bill? Is he what keeps the lights on? I don't know. Kevin is actually running a protection racket on uh, Science Saru. <laughs> I could just he's just going he's just going around in the inner city where he lives and he's got this giant trench coat. And he says, "You want some cells?" <laughs> Gosh, Anime News Network, follow up these spurious rumors. Please, report in. <laughs> so yeah, um, turns out that Kanemori has been sell- or rather has been allowing um, Domeki to sell the cl- audio clips online for money, and has been taking uh, some of that as rent for storage. And that was all agreed in the previous episode, so no real surprises there. Uh, she goes back to see the Aizuken uh, girls again, and this is the point where she basically lays out, okay, we sold X amount of copies, and do you want to know how much we made from all of them? A complete and utter pittance, because all of the rights are still with the original club, so they got the majority of the, of the funding. Uh, we could have made, based on the hourly wage of a thousand yen, 
we could have made from our labor 1.8 million. And I only the only thing that was wrong with this scene, in my opinion, was that Asuka's eyes didn't actually go any wider. Because mine certainly did, looking at yeah. that number. Holy shit. What's the, have you got the conversion of... It's of... $10. <laughs> it's $10 an hour. $10 no, an hour. No, no. The, the 1.8 million. <laughs> million. <laughs> we could have made $10. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been enough to get me a burrito. Uh, I oh. mean, you know, the animation industry is very difficult. Um... But no, like that. If, if, but if that's but like even if we were making as little as ten dollars an hour, we could have made uh, eighteen thousand. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. no small potato. Made was that. twenty thousand, I think, even after um, fees and all the DVD sales and everything, which is mm. a couple hundred bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, oof, oof. Yeah, that that's pretty grim. So, Kadabori uh, ends the pre-OP uh, section by saying what I think is basically the one of the theses of this episode, which is that the Azekin needs money to survive, although you can replace Azekin with anything, really, but we'll get to that later. Uh, so, she's going to take them out to lunch, and in doing so, she's taking them across Shibahama, and naturally, Mizuzaki and Asuka are going around like, oh my god, missiles launch out of this thing, or, oh, it's the SimCity monster, you know, happening here. I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, that to be turned into an anime, but here we are. Um, and they're going along, noticing all the idiosyncrasies of all the layouts, like, hey, here's this bridge, but there's no water over it. Uh, I, by the way, Zoo has just pointed out, and I'd be risk if I didn't mention this, the Carbohydrates Club are back again with their electric I mean, Amoeba. like, the... what are the What's the title of the, the short they wanted? It's um, Electromagnetic it Amoeba World. <laughs> <laughs> After all. Awesome. This is the now, officially, we're going to rename us. We're no longer Wario Desha. We're the Electromagnetic Amoeba cast. Hey, that's, you know, if ever I organize a stack do, that's what I'm going to call the group. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they're you going know, everybody about... looks like formless blobs by the end of that night. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. Uh, some people more quickly than others, depending on how much they drink. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> so they're going through town, and this is also where they find the shrine to the Kappas, uh, which of course, again, insert your own Sarah's and my joke here, they're all good. Soya. Uh, but... Soya. 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 Uh, are you not joining on that one, Alex? No. I wasn't expecting it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It sounds like they're chanting Tom Sawyer, by the way. To to be fair, though, it is a two-man axe, that one. Uh, Kind of more is the only one who would be chanting Tom Sawyer. Fair fair enough. Um, but the Kappas themselves are actually also uh, something to take note of with the theme <clears> of this episode and what Kanamori's whole idea is of so what her perspective on life, uh, and particularly, you know, looking after the things she cares about. We'll come back to that a bit. Anyway, they go into an underground mall uh, after noticing, like, all the upper shopping areas pretty deserted. Like, um, they go inside this fruit ramen shop, which, so as as uh, Alex noted, is also on an incline. So you get some strange quirks with this place, like they don't serve any broth with the ramen because it all spills out, or at least just a little bit of it. Noted by Asuka's, like, with the observation of putting a, a set of uh, toothpicks on there to, like, roll. Which is just... <laughs> she's on she's on point with that one. And there's a lot of discussion here about, like, hey, you know what, this is unusual, but it works, like, you know, with this food. Uh, that's Kanamori actually explaining in her own little way, like, you know... I'd argue their own creative process, funnily enough, and like how they're blending all these random things together that actually end up really working out if you put some thought into it. 
Um, like, but as it um, turns out, things that work better when they're actually toned down and you kind of don't notice them if they're mm. if they're sort of felt too much, it spoils the, like that. Yeah, it is very meta. Uh, I mean, it's... really, are they talking about the food? Or are they talking about the production? I mean, it's specifically um, um, a fruit tantan men shop, which is a um, more ch- closer to the ch- Chinese origins of ramen uh, type of style, which is this very uh, complex, spicy, like earthy kind of ramen. Um, like you see that you can still like even though it doesn't have the broth, you can still see like the ground meat on top of the all of the fruit ramen uh, styles, um, and so it's like um, it's more about ah the fruit is actually this like um, added um, weight and this already very precarious balance. I don't call which them, I just uh, realized was it's not a pun. It, the balance is off kilter, but it works. It, oh, just like oh, the shop. Just we, like we the don't shop. we don't uh, call him the chef for nothing. He he's got the knowledge, folks. Yeah, I made burgers yesterday. Do I feel proud? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, but yeah, um, finally, I only actual... told you how to do that three years ago. I know. Yeah, did you follow Alex's recipe from the podcast? Yeah, I. I it was a very very long slow cooker, four years worth in there, and it finally came out okay. <laughs> you did you sous vide it for four years? <laughs> oh yes, it was all Amazing. right. It's okay. I need to see the Mythbusters episode where they put something in a sous vide for a year. Oh man, does that exist? I, that's got to be that's tremendous television. Comes out like a lump of coal, I suspect. Um, um it, it probably comes as a uh, bacteria colony, but <laughs> and, and this, the origins wrong. of the coronavirus have been revealed. Oh no! Well, that's it. Beep. First coronavirus joke of the night. Yeah. Um. Was that was that, a too, was, that. was that a too soon? <laughs> I apologize. No, no. I've, I've just we've not decided if there needs to be a penalty. No, it just wasn't funny. No. Oh, <laughs> burn, burn. Damn, damn. Uh, anyway, uh, so An the reason that they're also there, the reason they're also there is because they're talking to the purveyor of the shop, who actually was at the festival and purchased one of the DVDs. Um, and he suggests the idea of, hey, what if these, you know, there's a guy who works in a ramen shop. Not like me. I totally suggest he's not like me. You know, he's just a completely unrelated person. Uh, but he's also a secret agent. Crazy idea. Crazy. Uh, so I was sad he was. To... I, I was sad he wanted to be a cop. <laughs> I know. I was so he's disappointed. <laughs> of all the career paths, honestly. Um, but yeah, they finish up dinner uh, and they go back out into the streets. And this is where they start discussing ideas to expand on the UFO invasion uh, premise that they come up with. Uh, this is also where we get the most uh, screenshotted um, single frame from this entire anime and probably yeah. anime of this year, yeah. which is there is nothing fun about social media. I've seen that at least five times from five different people. And I knew as soon as I saw that, I was like, I can't screenshot this myself. I'll, I can't. I can't. I... <laughs> but yeah. They're also now going into the social media element of things here and how they're trying to promote merchandise. Uh, Kanamori even makes a specific comment that, hey, you know what? We sell a DVD for a thousand yen. What if I put your face on a t-shirt for 2,000 yen? It w- uh, the sad part is like it's not even Mizusaki's face. It's like we could put our we could we can just put like um, our studio emblem on a shirt for two thousand dollars, and yeah, j- just the the amount of revenue to um, make that shirt possible, but also uh, I'm sorry the um, the amount of work to make that shirt possible is tremendous. But then this selling that shirt, the revenue is so much more than the actual anime. 
It's crazy I have a lot internet. to say about this when when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also reminds me, Doc, we're never putting the emoji of me doing the thinking sign on a t-shirt. Damn. I know. That's a big, I know, that's a, I know. That was a potentially a big seller. I'm, mm. I'm very sad about that. Oh, well, Gotta I go mean, back hey, you know, we, 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 we just sold maybe two or three. I know, a I big know. seller. <laughs> yes. Oh, they've been all been mine. I don't even want trying them out to make sure they all fit. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> so as they're going along having this discussion, uh, there's more references to Kappa's in shop signs, by the way, which again will be important later. Uh, not for the Sarah Zamaya reason, I should stress. Different thing. <laughs> mm. um, this is the point where Kanamori delivers her Henry V moment and turns around and says, I once saw the, something like the downfall of a liquor store. I don't have the exact line here, but she's indignant about it, by God. And, well, we've had discussions about this. We finally get Kanamori's gracious world. Except well, that, well, it's, no. it's just, yes. the, just reality because she has Except no for no. <laughs> Except for no, yeah. What, what could be classed as it in a, in a very loose sort of sense, like, but this is the point where she's, like, you know, doing the same sort of creative, like, you know, synthesis thing to basically relate her history. Yeah, she does create an imaginary space. That's right. Uh, so this liquor store uh, was something that she worked at when she was much younger. Um, it's one owned by her relatives, but over time, urban development meant that people stopped going there. Like, there were less, there's less footfall overall, uh, which is also important why she f- is so fond of the fruit ramen. The government shop, is letting is- down the fucking tiny shops. I like that the, in um, the um, Aizuken universe, the um, monorail guy got to Shibuhama. Oh, man. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're thinking of as well. Oh, and they said that they'd never completed the monorail to go there, and the trains aren't running there anymore. Like, see, well, it's just so yeah. like it's, oh, it's like these like little you know these decisions that people in the high places make or don't make can affect so many people. It's so sad. Well, what was what was was Shibahama producing us? Was it North Haverbrook? Now that's a that's a reference for you. That's the one I know. I, uh, if you explain it to me, you I have know. to. It's, yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of the towns that the monorail guy from The Simpsons says that he previously built a monorail at. Okay, sure. <laughs> I've never heard you sound so depressed. <laughs> well, you haven't. Well, we haven't talked enough, obviously. Ah, oh dear. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we get Kanamori's history here, and indeed, uh, I love Asakusa's uh, comment here that it's Mini Mori. A uh, thing that I didn't think was actually physically possible given how tall she is. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Chibi- hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, one thing before we get into the mini Mori. Um, the um, I like that the um, her um, introduction of the liquor store looks like she's in a doom level. Yes! Um, and then the, when the monorail gets, it's like they're doing SimCity blocks. So clearly Kanamori yeah. is a PC gamer. Master, Master Race. Race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that Take we're both. I'm glad that we're both in stereo and yeah, in agreement. We both read the same shitty <laughs> gaming websites. <laughs> oh my god! Um, also, so did the art what... style of this? I don't think you've seen it, Shadon, but and you, I don't know if you've seen it, Alex, but um, my neighbors, the Yamadas. Like I know of it, the, but I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from. At least the tone, if not the character, does that like just the like watercolorness of it um i guess you could say kaguya but something about the um 
grounded, you know, things being depicted made me think more. It Yamada's. feels appropriate for memories more than anything, mm-hmm. like, because of it's how washed out it is. Like, you know, things do fade over time. I mean, so. it's the same art style as the other imaginary world. It's just that we don't have the fantastical it's thing to ground it to. Yes, that's right. Um, so, over time, the liquor store just became a regular 7-Eleven of sorts. And we get to see Kanamori, like, uh, say out loud, oh, uh, pensions weren't enough, so I went to start helping pensions. by, you know... Yeah, <laughs> I know. Tiny baby thinking about pensions. Um, uh, 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 Minimori is a zoomer. Yes. I think we can all agree on that. There's no need for you to make that a poll, Doc. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, she's essentially helping out the store to try and drum up some more revenue for them because she thinks, and as it turns out will be correct, that what they're earning currently is enough to sustain the place. Um, but we get to see some things like about how um, she starts like, hey, you know what? We, we, there's a snowstorm, but there are people walking past outside. Why don't we open up? Why don't we sweep out, you know, the uh, snow from in front of the vending machine? Showing the eye for business that we've seen all along, but even at a young age, although her, I think it's, is it her uncle or her grandparents? I can't recall. Um, they said relatives, so. Relatives. Okay. We'll I, go with, I was not clear on how family. they were related, if they were at all. No, we'll go with we'll go with family then. So her family like know that she's not got a head for math, which <laughs> I don't know. I think she learned that over time. It seems he but... compensated for. Yeah, it. yeah. I oh, love this detail that you like. I don't know. It's a very particular thing. Like most people that are business savvy or whatever are good at math, but she just happens to not be. But as you say, she has all these other like uh, different. It's just a totally different skill set that is so like S tier. That it more than compensates for her lack of math. Also, uh, in yeah. my head canon, those people are not re- related to her at all. She's just doing this for a bunch of strangers. That's how That's I absorbed spurious. it when I first watched uh, it. <laughs> spurious, spurious. Um, uh, but in a moment that I felt was like straight out of the ending of Wolf of Wall Street, where you know he says, "Sell me this pen," and he's like, "Okay, write your name down. Now you need this pen." Kanemori like actually manages to give gloves to this guy and wrap them with uh, regular blue gloves. To sell them for profit, like, you know, oh, you sold one pair for 200 yen when, like, a whole pack of them costs, like, X amount. It's crazy. Kanemori could sell tanning lotion in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> she could. She absolutely could. It's it's crazy. Um, So she's, you know, making all these suggestions to draw business for the uh, convenience store, even though there is this massive snowstorm going on. Uh, which, by the way, she'd actually noted that earlier that, you know... The underground uh, mall that she was at earlier with the fruit ramen shop also closes during the snowstorm as well. So this is even ahead of time. We're getting hints like, you know, that she's leading up to going into this tale of hers. And so, yeah, they do drop a bit of business. You know, they've got a couple of people coming in. She's handing out cut ramen and all that. And then the bombshells drops. Uh, we're closing next month anyway. We're in the red. That's it. And we cut to white space, uh, which, I mean... That's her world. Trauma. It's gone. She, she knows it's going to disappear. There's going to be nothing left. Most uh, characters... Uh, no. yeah. Uh, yeah. Revenge! Revenge upon me! <laughs> Most characters' sad backstories involve like the, the death of a parent, death of a pet. This is the oh, death I'm of a actually... small business. <laughs> Just very dramatic. Um, Where will I get my maker's mark from now? She's a, a child... Said Kanemori. A, a child <laughs> that... Uh, had we been in a different timeline... Kanamori finally grew tall because she stopped drinking liquor and she started drinking <laughs> milk. She had to. <laughs> that... She had to. But no, she she was made for capitalism, is what I was trying to say. Like, oh, She man. was born into the correct bad timeline. 
She has the skills to survive. Oh, we got we got things on that. She's to say not later, the hero. Sure. She's 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 the hero we deserve and the hero we need. Yes, yes. Um, but yes, it turns out that they can't keep the store open, and indeed, there's detailing here from her. I'm going to go with her uncle here, just for the sake of saying that uh, about all the various factors that go into the running of a store, even like you know the fact that stock has to be turned over, otherwise some of it goes off over time, um, and. If you're seeing, like, if you're getting deja vu watching that scene, how many times have we seen Kanamori go into laborious detail about all the various things that are needed to make a functioning anime studio? It's the same kind of discussion, just with different, you know, components to go into it, so to speak. Um, but yeah, she's clear on this. Like, hey, you've made, you can make a great show all you want, do all, all that, it's fine. But if no one walks past it, no one sees it, no one looks at it, it doesn't matter. Who cares? You you um, like to harp on this point about audience, so I felt I felt like they were very much speaking to you here. It, it's true though. It's no, you're right. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, indeed, that's why they even go into what is basically Comicette because they need to go and have a different market to sell to in order to generate more revenue and also to have some control over their own uh, production. I mean, it's also the opposite of what Mizusaki said. I have to do it for myself. Kanemori is like, no, I'm, I'm you doing can't. for others. Exactly, because it's not enough to do that. Like, it won't sustain you. Um, so this is where Asakusa takes over now and starts detailing the plan for the UFO invasion, going into all of the... Um, kind of more be reading some details. John Rawls. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all the details of the town, like, you know, the, sp- the rising mall, all the weaponry built up. Um, and they have a discussion, like, you know, about... Okay, Asakusa's, like, really into lasers, and I, 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 um, <laughs> I felt like... I felt really taken aback because of, I was like, I actually have to disagree with her and say it's not all, you know, like, lasers can be fine. You don't need to be so hung up on the details. Realism. You, know, you don't, like... Dude, it's gotta be real. Like, there's no there's no laser that, like, you know, can be seen by the human eye, and I'm like, oh, good God. Look, I know you've got a stickler for detail, but come on. Um, lasers are cool. I actually really like this because um, Asakusa has uh, already, in way back in episode 3, already showed that she could throw away realism when she needed to. It was like, oh yeah, um, there's no sound in space, I'm going to keep that. But um, hey, would like this magnetic paint like actually appear? It's like, eh, whatever, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I think so she like, has some... Is... Sorry, go ahead. No, you finish. Um, so this is her, some just this is like just something she particularly feels important about. Like this is part of the tone of the world. It's that the lasers ha- work for real things, um, and I think it's in part because um, even though she doesn't know it yet, uh, she wants to tie it into the um, uh, what were say the, like the steam tanks, the blimps. Um, um, she has like this sort of weird um, hmm. steampunk aesthetic. Um, oh yeah, one sh- uh, like one gradient shy of steampunk aesthetic going on. Um, and the like, if you had visible lasers, like that would ruin it. It would just be a hodgepodge. But if you have the impression that shells are being fired, even though they're lasers, you get to keep that. Hmm. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's about consistency, I suppose, more than anything else, rather than just throwing things in willy nilly. Yeah. I, well, I think it's yeah. Has... It's all about like to me how she felt about it. Which and and I think it was an important moment for her, and that those other things she might not have felt as strongly about, but like she, you know, had that conviction about this thing combined with something that the other people were saying to her. I feel like it gave her kind of an epiphany, and I'll talk about that um, in a bit. But like this was a big moment for her, yeah, yeah. Um, so we then learn later that the. the 
the way they've managed to end the game is fine. because unfortunately, Kanemori did actually <laughs> capitulate to the council, which I didn't so think crazy. that would happen. Not without not without actual, you know, bloodshed and violence, uh, of which I think Doc is about to commit because he seems to have left suddenly without any prompting. <laughs> it's just about fist fighting a, a bear or some shit like that. I don't know. But um, as it turns out, he's at, uh, Kanemori. That is has actually gone to um, you know the local councils in the civic council. Uh, to a redevelopment fund to get the money from them to finance the Aizuken's next projects, uh, which, as it turns out, ties into everything that she's been telling about, you know, local independent, like, you know, producers, shops, etc., etc. She clearly, you know, knows a lot about it and is very passionate about that stuff. And I can certainly get behind that myself. Um, and then we, come, of course, come back to the actual, hey, we're going to start building this world, like, Askus has already gone ahead, but she's actually now starting to like really hammer out the details. I mean, I love that little image of them putting the gun sort in place. I, was... I love, I love it that she's just like uh, Askus. What you have so far, and it's just her building a brick wall. <laughs> You're right. Uh, speaking of which, in this scene, we also get the amazing uh, new Askus dance, where I, I don't, I, I can't redo it. Like you know, Sorry, what did you say? The Asakusa dance, you know, like when she's like, "Okay, I want it to sound like this instead." Oh yeah, no, the the, the expression work is like really fun and cartoonish. Like everyone's just going along with her. Um, she she looks like a South Park character in the best way for like half of that like little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, I, I've just actually come onto a frame it now where there's she has no neck, and it's it's great. She's just such a little gremlin, like that. Yeah, exactly. Or like me normally, but anyway. <clears throat> so. Yeah, they're going through more discussion on this, but this is where Askuza actually then comes on to the idea of performance. Um, and it's kind of interesting to think about, like, how after all this time, like, and having made two projects now, this is the first time she's come to this realisation. Um, but she really wants to show off her, like, now it's, like, more pumps her to show off her Grace's world, as she calls it. Um, and that's basically the end of the episode. They're now getting underway with the actual projects. You've got. You look very like you've got something to say, Alex. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. You know, watching Doc, seeing what he's doing. Like and he's there. He is. Hello. Ah, just, did you steal that from someone? I just brought. <laughs> it's been on my shelf the whole time. He, he robbed somebody for their lunch money and their little trunk. So I got uh, future trunks from from Super. Importantly, because his hair is blue rather than purple. It's a key difference. But yeah, he's a. Uh-huh. Uh, He's here to to help me through this traumatic episode. Tra- Tra- traumatic it's episode. It's rough. Were man. you watching? Were you watching Made in the Abyss by accident? There were rough parts of this. You, no, this is a great. Did episode. you have? A, did you have a misclip? Oh my god! All right. So anyway, uh, that's yeah, our. Uh, sorry, go on. Uh, no, sorry. The uh, uh, the. Uh... That triggered in me the connection that Made in Abyss is also actually about the violence of greater structures made physical by the hell that is the Abyss, of which this episode makes them also apparent through Kanamori imagination. Like, for example, the the verticality of the classroom even. It's built even to that. It's so fucking dumb. Anyway, that's a Made in Abyss discussion for a different time. Uh, right, so do you want to give up talking points now for the actual episode? Uh, yeah, we can get into that. Um, are you? <clears throat> who are you passing the baton to first? Oh, right. It's time to whip out my wallet again. <laughs> All right, heads is Alex, tails is Doc. Here we go. All right, it's heads. That was me, right? <laughs> 
Uh, you're correct. It's yes, you. indeed. Oh, Sesu Pink. Guess, guess yeah. should go first. Oh, oh, was it? Uh, uh, anyway. This is true. Fair enough. It was a loaded coin anyway. Uh, Two-Face strikes again. So, so mean. Um... No, I uh, I really love this episode for a lot of reasons, um, and partially because the um, it reframes what Katamori is actually about, um, and that is she is a, she's a cutthroat go getter because um, she know, because she's found out firsthand that good people in this world aren't good at protecting their own interests. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, that's a good point. And, um, and like when her when her world when her world goes white in that um, like little segment, it's uh, like it, it hurts so much. Uh, and, and I know, I know. This is what I mean about I, being the trauma, the the trauma, like of of a child. Like, I mean, I, you know, I made capitalism jokes and et cetera, et cetera. But like when a little kid you know, has such a dramatic change like that, like the rug pulled out from under them in that sort of way. Mm. Um, that's really hard. I mean, it's akin to moving, you know, when you don't want to move when you're when you're that age. But it's probably even worse because, I don't know, I, this is sort of, like, sort of like a death. I mean, it's sort of like you're saying you're, you're world ending. And I talk on here all the time about how um, children's problems are real problems and we should treat them that way because studies show that they feel equivalent levels of stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. that we do to our own adult problems. Like just because the perspective and scale seem different to us, doesn't mean that they're not experiencing them in a, like a really deep painful kind of way. So like, yes, like, sorry to interrupt you, Alex. I just wanted to emphasize, like, this is a, this, this was a gut punch, man. Yeah. And the, the thing for me as well is that like, she was succeeding in her own little way. Like, how does that feel at any age, I would argue, to be told, hey, you're doing everything right. <clears throat> you're even going beyond the call of juicy, arguably. I mean, if it was like that outside, then that kind of snowy condition, I'd probably be like, fuck that noise, I'm not doing that. So Kanamori does everything right and goes even beyond that. And it's still not enough. It's probably not even close to being enough. Yeah. I and mean, that sucks. And and here's the thing. Um, uh Kanamori did everything. Like she had, um, she had phenomenal people skills. She had business sense, and she had moxie, um, and she was there every damn day. And you know what? Ha- and you know what that did to Kanamori? Kanamori was short as shit. She was mini Mori. Um, yes. Do you know? Do you know what she did after this? She got smart. She got. Um, she compensated um, for math. She 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 went to sleep, and she went to sleep long every day of life. She yeah. she stopped. Uh, um, she never stopped working hard, but she started playing smart. Be more efficient, yeah, using that time well. I'd agree. And Became a social media maven. Exactly. But do you know what else I really love about this, just to expand on your point, Alex? Like, I think it's reasonable to say that I don't think Kanamori is unfriendly, quote-unquote, but rather I think the way I would describe her is as intense. Would you agree with me? Totally. I think that's a, a great adjective, by the way, to use for her yeah. as a child. So, <laughs> yes. so you can think in a sense, like, from everything we've seen thus far, that she might not care, per se, about the Aizuken. She does, but it seems to be very clinical in a, in a kind of way, you know, like, very fiscal, very money-minded. Like, we've got to do this in this amount of time, like, you know, being very pragmatic. But, I mean, apart from obviously taking them to the bathhouse, like she did previously, which I think was her unspoken way of giving them some downtime, 
I think what this goes to show is that the reason she's doing all this is because she does care so deeply about the pair of them and the group that they've got going. Like, it's her own way of showing that, that she has a deep connection to it, even if she would never outright say to them, in, to their faces, that that's the case. Much the same with the fruit place. So, yeah, I think that this is a really, really nice way of showing her she deeply cares about the Aesir without actually sanding off any of her edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like that um, it's... Like even in her backstory, she was she already loved the grift. Like she was she was she was already doing the hustle. Like she like the the yep. um, the the um, uh, I really like that the uncle is looking at her as like damn she's got a head for business. And then it gives her like a bit. He doesn't he doesn't give her like some money. He gives her business opportunities, <laughs> and like that's the first time we mm-hmm. see her smile in that entire flashback. Yeah. Are you saying are you saying this was the first ever time in Kanamari's life she was. Paid an exposure. No, she wasn't paid. A, she wasn't paid an exposure. She was paid in venture capitalism. That's right. She's, I'm not going to pay you. That, that's so what I'm going to do is give you this um, bottled water kit, and you, um, uh, you she, can. Uh, she, sorry, uh, she it, was the um, a manager of the franchise. That's right. It's a pyramid scheme. She became exactly. the Ava, she became the Avon lady. <laughs> so, so, oh my so god. Bad. No, I understand what he was trying to do. This is a completely different. I'm I'm totally kidding. This is a kid she's a, she's a, she's learning. Just because um, doing relationships um, are um, uh, 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 predatory and weighted sometimes doesn't mean that both parties aren't getting something out of it. Mm, that's true. Uh, like I think the the really the thing I was getting to the thing I really like about this is that um, Katamori was always at the same time um, uh, sharply self interested and. Um, and also, like, deeply caring about the thing. Like, the the fact that mm-hmm. uh, she um, could use... Uh, that um, this place was her main hustle doesn't mean that she didn't care about the people working there or the um, uh, or the business in itself. Yeah. And just... Oh, yeah. And the fact that she looks at Mizusaki and Asakusa and goes, like, Mare! Um, doesn't mean that she doesn't care about their their well being. Like she's um, she's there just as much to keep them from careening off into an artistic cliff and you know driving off the edge yes. as she yeah. is um, in order to get all of that sweet sweet merch deals. Exactly, the dollar signs in her eyes are not at their yeah. expense. She is doll- like she is she- um like you know the the capitalism jokes and truths are that it is very like inhuman kind of machine but this is a lot of the entrepreneuring spirit uh but humanized embodied in a person so yes she's thinking about money but she actually as you so eloquently put alex like she really gives a shit about uh all the people involved in the money making venture key difference Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean um if i may the whole fruit ramen place like i throughout my adult life have been to a couple of like different clubs pubs diet eating places etc that no longer exist uh there was one actually in manchester called uh, jilly's rock world uh which was an amazing amazing metal club uh it is the one place i've heard this, described yeah. mm-hmm. yes it's the one place i've heard described where it smelled actually worse after the smoking ban that happened in like 27, <laughs> uh, 2007. Uh, and that unfortunately shut down in 2010 and there's never been anything quite like it since then. Um, but that's where I met so many amazing people and also had some really great nights as well. 
Uh, and they ain't coming back. Admittedly, that would partly also be because of my age since then. Uh, but even then, like, you know, I can think of at least two different noodle joints that I've been to that have now shut down. Independently owned, independently financed, but they just didn't have the footfall for it. And the funny thing is, I want to know uh, while we're here, a lot of detail is spent in this episode from Asakusa and Mizuzaki's part on, like, you know, the strange, like, eccentricities of the city layout, like the bridge that goes over No Water or the Underground Mall. And I really like how that's a build-up to Kanemori's point, that it doesn't matter how good your product is if no one sees it. And a lot of that can simply just be the function of where you're situated physically if you're running a physical brick-and-mortar business. Oh, the rack and focus it... when she says that, and it goes to an out-of-business sign, like, is so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's so true, and that's also why she's now going into the social media on, because they obviously want to really... I mean, they're going to go comic and they're going to do physical sales there. That is a part of it. But she's covering all the angles here. Uh, she wants to be able to sell stuff online. And I think that's a, a, a fine move to make. But that's also why I think she's very fond of the fruit ramen place. Beyond it just simply being good in its own right and unique and interesting. Um, it is something worth preserving. Mm-hmm. But also it's just kind of out of the way. Like you'd never probably go past it if you didn't think if you weren't walking through there. I can think of tons of places in Manchester that I go to that I'm really fond of that just aren't well situated to get more people in the, through the door than otherwise like. I mean, Alex, you and I, we went to that place called the Knot Bar, if you remember. That's where we met. Uh, that's not on any like main footpath, really, into Manchester for people. Even though it serves some of the best alcohol in the actual city, in my opinion. Which is a crying shame. But it's true, I say, you know, product can be as good as you want. People aren't walking through the door. No fucking yeah. mad, does it? Hence the need to get on Twitter, as it were, and post a Mizuzaki's oh, face the, on the deal with the deal, deal with the devil right there. Yes, the, the <laughs> Faustian bargain with Jack. Um, my favorite my, my favorite thing about that scene was um, when uh, Mizuzaki was worrying about, you know, <clears throat> being the face of the company again. And then, um, and then she showed her the Twitter account, and what being the face of the company actually means is that all of Mizuzaki's best cuts are just yes, on yes. Twitter. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We're just posting little um, webms of your shit. <laughs> That's the important thing. It's true, it's true. Um, Alright, so, kind of gone through a couple of different points there. Um, I have a point about the cappers, if you'd like to hear it. Okay. Sure. You, you, you look confused well, you, there, Alex. You, just, like, you cut off partway through that. Oh, right. I have a point about the cappers. Hit me. Hit me. I'll hit you with the capper stuff. Okay. So... Sarah's and my jokes and references aside, why are the cappers even referenced in this episode at all? Well, there's a specific mention of paying tribute, and I think that they're kind of like the persistent reminder that any given point, you know, the businesses are there may indeed be devoured. They're kind of like a metaphor for that. Um, so I like that that's a glimmer. Also, can I just point out, I love the visual joke where the cappers are here because of how pristine the water is. Hard cut to middle of the shot trucks in the distance dumping waste or dirt into the river <laughs> oh. um but yeah but yeah the persistent reminder of the cap is like they're an unseen force like then maybe even a little mythological like you know uh, but they need to be paid tribute to i mean kappa capitalism we've heard this all before capitalism shit destroys things you know what I, how it all is um but yeah i like that just as a little reference uh background detail there that helped reinforce the points that are being made that hey you know what like it's not any specific person, for example, that ends up, like, you know, ending uh, Kanamori's, like, family's business. It's just the force of, that goes behind that. 
which is to say, like, you know, paying your, paying your rent, paying for your stock, like, you know, again, capitalism shit. There you go. But I like that that was included in there as a, as a motif to back that up. I mean, like, two, two things. One, um, I can't imagine that when they um, uh, uh, pop open the cockpits to those UFOs that there aren't Kappas inside them. I, oh my god. And you know what, now that you said that, I'm imagining looking like the Sarahs of my Kappas. I could just, just with little, like, scarves on and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and goggles. They've got to have they goggles on. Do. They're all singing. Um, but the, the, the second thing, like, uh, Katamori's um, feels so much like a reaction to circumstance. Um, yeah. In a, in a way that I'm glad we weren't, like, I, I was, I was, like, sort of um, not so much dreading because I trust this creative team by now, but like a like a little trepidatious about um her like her parents going up poor and her having to like make money for herself and like that's why uh, etc. Um, yeah, th- but like this um, <clears throat> this investment into like the um, circumstances of other people and how her um um and how uh uh. Um, uh, hard work isn't enough, um, but um, and how her specific sil- skill set can, in fact, um, uh, protect the people who, in a just system, would already be protected, but under the current circumstances, have um, don't have the skill set necessary to um, uh, thrive by themselves. Like I, I, like, uh, like you know, uh, the, uh, the, the again, they need an advocate. They need yeah, an advocate. Katamori is both yeah. the hero that Gotham City needs and deserves. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, do you have anything to throw into the pot there, Doc? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, a couple things, but um, first, I have a question for you guys. Um, is my first Uh-oh. thing. Uh, so the Katamori, um, so the episode feels like, at least to me, it's kind of divided into thirds. Um the second third of it feels like it's probably it's not equal thirds, by the way. Um, the the second act is Kanamori explaining business to her people. Uh, the last act is you know Kanamori's backstory, and of course the the stuff on the end kind of doesn't fall into that. But what did y'all think about the beginning, like the first sort of third quarter of the episode? It was really kind of pleasant. Like it was, I was, um, I didn't find myself thinking, despite the kind of aimlessness of it, like, boy, I wish they'd really get to it um, when they need to get on with it. You know, because they have, in terms of episode time, less time to get from here to the finished product. I think by my rough math in my head, I too am bad at math. Uh, they they have less time to to go from A to B here than from the conception to the birth of the robot short. So well, they have 123 days specifically. Well, no, I meant e- episode time. Oh, right. time. Oh, you mean in mm-hmm. terms of like the, the show itself? Yeah, not not um not uh, diegetic time, but like our time. Um, mm. so you know, in a different kind of setting for me, like viewing a different show, I could see myself going like, oh my god, like this up what are we doing but like i find myself really enjoying like the walk through shibahama and just kind of the nice like ah like um we're just kind of imagining stuff and talking 
touring this part of the the district, mm. complaining about the heat, going down into the the underground. Like it was all. It ended up serving a purpose, but um, especially once they went to the shopping district, you know, and that turned yeah. out to be for well, something specific. But like, yeah, it was really nice. Like, I really enjoyed this uh, kind of interlude, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's again important that the show, like, is all, it says, "Hey, you know what? Uh, downtime is good." You know, I mean, this is why I've said to you, Doc, like about our very own podcast here. Not everything that we watch. Uh, be anime or whatever is something we need to talk about on here sometimes keeping things to yourself and like you know divorcing your hobby or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like to this public performance kind of thing just from your own private enjoyment like you know the missile stuff like for example or imagining that like shadow of the colossus boss like they're not going into the anime itself but they're still enjoying it like it hasn't burned burn that I like enjoyment out of them doing all yeah. this stuff, which I think is quite key. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice reminder that that's still a thing. And indeed, that's consistent with what Kanemori's done before, like taking to the bathhouse. Like, she is very, very stern in terms of, I want this done by this point, and no way, like, you know, you're going to get it done in this particular time frame unless you do certain things. But she's not completely slave-driving them or making them burn out. And indeed... On top of that, she's also got a pu- purpose, as you say, with doing this, which is to kind of lead into um, her own story. Fuck, I just realized that um, uh, Asuka, Asakusa and Kanamori probably bonded about loving out-of-the-way, like, hidey holes in the city. Yes, they, the, you're the, right. The thing that probably brought them together is that they both, like, have this very deep-seated appreciation for the kind of out-of-the-way places that nobody else sees. Mm. Um, but... The hmm. this episode for me cinched what I thought um, was mostly like a good excuse and a good setting, which is like these very Byzantine um, uh, settings uh, where um, it would be a pain in the ass to live, but it's uh, but but it's like they're really fun to like see, mm-hmm. and yeah. how that's actually just an allegory for anime production because this hmm. because this anime is like constantly um, trying to explain to you like uh, what that the process of the production is part of the mm. beauty of the production. And yes. um, this episode is like, ah, you see like these bridges, which um, uh, used to go over a river, but now they're just all concrete, but they're still like cute little bridges. And like, that's a great mm-hmm. little bit about the city. Yeah. And like how the, the um, and you know, when you're watching an anime, it's just like, ah, you can see, you know, like, yeah, sure. These cuts were made to save time, but they're like really cool stylistic little things. Yes. And in turn, uh, to build on that, um, to go back to the idea of the local businesses floundering, like these idiosyncrasies of the desire of the city, going back all the way even to episode one and how they were talking about how it builds over time to where the clock no longer makes sense for it to be on that wall uh-huh. because they can't see it. Like, there are consequences to that too. And to go to your idea where you said about, hey, it's uh, allegory for the whole process. So there are times in which those things that, you know, we find quirky are... Uh, enjoyable as a part of the process can also cause problems, but not insurmountable. Uh, yeah, no, like it's also like you look at uh, how um, analog anime production, and mm. if you try to do analog anime production with the amount of uh, anime and the amount of work necessary for, for like the current anime landscape, it would all collapse upon itself like a house of cards. Um, uh, every like, uh, and there are great um, there are great stories about like long running anime series like um, the Pokemon um, 
uh, having the switch to digital, um, but them having to gradually do it so the fans don't get like scared mm-hmm. off by mm-hmm. the sudden yeah. look. But because but it was still a necessary thing for the production process, so they had to like sort of gradually phase it in. Um, I think hmm. the thing that Pokemon specifically did was they had a analog filter to start um, so that people wouldn't be frightened off. And then after a season, <laughs> they took the filter off. Reasonable. I mean, I've not seen it myself, but I think Jintama also has that thing as well, because that definitely started as like, you know, well before digital production was a uh, was a thing for anime. And then it's been ongoing up until, what was it, a year ago? Oh, it's just correctly? last forever. It's It's secretly still not over. Still going. Um, <laughs> not, not in the fandom's heart, anyway. So Cesar sure. says something interesting in chat, that we keep saying how cool the city is, but every episode, it just it feels uh, worse and worse aesthetically. And maybe this is, you know, maybe this is sort of an allegory, right? Maybe this is... Uh, city is representative of of anime and anime production, right? Like, from from a distance, when Looks we great. first encounter, it's like, oh, like, this yeah, is so cool. Close, though, like, yeah, ooh. but you go diving in, and you're like... There's all these underappreciated people, and structurally, you're like, oh my god, like, this is falling apart, and, like, there's shit built on top of other shit, built on top of other shit, that is, this is not a sound way to, like, have, a, a, you know, some a superstructure built, but, like, it's still kind of going. Well, it's, like a, it's like all projects, really, you know, you can have a plan laid out, and you can try and follow it as closely as you can, but there will always be deviation from that. I mean... The city itself, like, you know, do you think the ramen shop really wanted to have that angle? I don't <laughs> no, think that was the feature in it, shall we no. say. No. Uh, and it becomes a quirk of it, certainly, but it also can, as you say, become a problem as well. So, yeah. Um, uh, throwing the, the the hat into the ring that um, everybody only being here for skiing is a uh, is an allegory for everybody only being here for Naruto and Bleach. <laughs> yes. Skiing is the big three. <laughs> Just the show to jump big three. I like it. I'm into <laughs> wow. it. Yeah, um, I, the, I the teens in the that. audience will now think I'm old because I mentioned bleach. <laughs> I thought you were going to say skiing then. <laughs> and, uh, and father of Boruto, Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's known father for. <laughs> Notable accomplishments. That and that's it. That's incredible. That's what you filled out anyway. <laughs> Amazing. That's tremendous. Doc, father of the brood. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, All right. Uh, do either of you have any other points to bring up about the episode? Oh, yeah. Um, Keep them coming. So, that second act, or second kind of big chunk of the episode I mentioned, where Kanamori explains business to her people. This is going to be, I didn't get on my soapbox last week so much about uh, the industry, quote unquote. Oh but, boy, go on. But I I was really struck by this, and it's something I've thought about for many years, ever since I kind of had my first rough sketch of an idea of how the anime industry, as I understood it, was kind of working in Japan Um when I first started to listen to like Anime World Order and read like um, mm. uh, fucking Answer Man and shit, like really kind of just forming ideas of, of how the industry worked and how people got paid, I remember just being like, what the fuck? This is like the most ass backward shit ever. 
but you know, and I've been it's I've true. been submerged in it for so long, and and we all kind of probably have here on the channel. And um, it's still the most ass backward shit ever. It is, but we kind of don't think about it that way. It just seems so normal to us, right? Like, but for instance, like this whole deal of like, okay, for, so for the real labor that we, the Azokin, we did, you know, we made a couple hundred bucks. We shouldn't have. If we were making minimum wage, we would have made $18,000. Right. It's insane, isn't it's it? It's terrible, but it is... It's not justified, but Kanamori makes that a feature of her business plan, and she's not wrong for doing so because this is the reality. I mean, one person can't affect this giant economic revolution you, to you, fucking You've got our brain side, unfortunately. So, like, but... But consider, like, her whole thing, she's saying, like, look, the business model is we bust our asses and break our backs to make 200 bucks. All, but it's not for the 200 bucks. It's for creating an emotional investment. Like, the DVDs we won't make anything on, the show we won't make anything on, but we're here to turn consumers into fans. We're going to get them in the door, however, and create emotional attachment. Because then Keep we're going to sell, mer- no, not even coming back to DVDs. We're going to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. These these DVDs, this anime that we that we say is the thing that we love, it's not the thing. The merchandise is the thing. The the that is that is the thing in demand. The comiket is the the doujins, the well, shirts. Hanamori's sh- business plan is a YouTube video five years from now with "Can You Survive Off of Azokin Merchandise." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, her business plan is the Shoji Karamori Macross plan, which is everything they basically had funded over the past decade and a bit has been probably more merch than anything else. I yeah, fucking also fuck least... Harmony Gold. Fuck, yes, ex- insert the like what is it weekly fuck Harmony Gold. Um, and and the yeah we've the been, uh, we've been lapsing on that like a daily prayer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the um, the merch and uh, what what's the thing? The pachinko machines. <laughs> Thank you, Macross yeah. Pachinko Machines. Um, oh, I'm, I should be surprised that exists. Of course, it does. It's, it's, it looks beautiful. They put new animations in it. Um, I mean, you were talking about Mel Gear Solid though before. At least it's not the Mel Gear Solid Pachinko Machine. But like, Konami has absolutely made a Metal Gear Solid Pachinko Machine. Are you fucking oh, kidding oh, me? No, I, 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 I'm telling you that's true, and uh, it's amazing. So, but just God, remember when Konami as a business was like, "We need to pivot to pachinko." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a, there's a point in there, but even I won't go that low. Well, the, the gacha, they're gonna make a gacha game with all the Azerkin girl characters, but like, but yeah, I mean, the the fact that easy breezy blasting from the pachinko parlor. But think about how the tail is wagging the dog on this, right? I mean, the, you, you can. It, when you think about this model that the creators only really make bank through emotional investment that turns into merchandise buys, you can see how then people are going to work backwards from a checklist of traits that dudes like, that het dudes like, for instance, into Mm -hmm. the anime. So that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Rather than being like, let's write a compelling script. Because, oh, like, like what is that? I mean, that's not a guarantee, necessarily. But, like, they feel like a better guarantee is to appeal to the select group of people that we know will buy merchant. Like, it is... God, she, I'm she's... glad they have... 
Sorry, you first. No, she's she's just spitting back at me this episode. Every uh, the things that I learned as a wee baby anime fan, like figuring out, trying to figure out anyway, how how the Japanese anime industry works, and it still to this day baffles me, and it, it just makes me sadder than ever, honestly, because that that just world that you talked about, Alex. I mean, really. I mean, I sound like a idealistic fool, I'm sure, but like the people making the anime, like they should want to like make the good anime and not care about the other stuff and be paid for that because they, they don't have to care about the other stuff because they're equitably compensated for I mean, the real like labor that they are doing. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that we'd have to introduce unions to Japan, which well, is yeah, the untenable yeah. thing. They'll be more welcoming of fucking kaiju coming on the shores than uh, like, yeah, no, definitely. Well, there's a new. You could make. You could, if you were bold and had a lot of capital, you could a, the, start... a notable feature of the anime community, right? You you could, <laughs> um, if you were some enterprising group or studio or investment group, like start up a new kind of. I mean, do what I guess Kill Annie did, right? You could start up a new pipeline and be like, okay, here's. Here's the way our system is going to be. We're not going to do the Tezuka shit. We're going to pay our people salaries, and we're only going to make what we can afford to make, um, and all this other things. And we're still going to do it better than anyone it's else. It's so anyway. damning that somebody that that a whole that a whole industry um, looked at uh, their worst workaholic and was like, "Well, that's the standard now." I know. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is um, what. Because, um, sorry, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Like. Because that's that's always. Um, that's always that's always the bottom line, right? It's not uh, it's not what's reasonable and what's profitable. It's like how much can we get away with? And well, like that guy, he did that. So guess what we're paying yeah, you for now? I know, I know. Um, and but this is what thankfully that the the people that organize the anime the animators dormitory projects. Yes, um, mm-hmm. June Sagawada, um, he sort of put that together. At least the 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 funding pages. Um, the next project for those folks is this new anime making system project where they're just going to try to make just they they bring up unions. This is what made me think of this because of you saying unions because yeah. they bring up in their I, text I, like, well, why don't what about unions? Wouldn't a union just be an easier thing to do? And they're like, well, there's all these complicated reasons why that can't work out. So basically, we just yeah. have to try to make a new industry to to out make the old model outmoded. Yeah, I believe they have a very tiny, like, little gremlin lady helping them out on this crazy <laughs> place. I could be wrong yes. on that, though. That's correct. Odd. Um, the, the, thing I, the thing I really appreciate about Kanemori, which we really got driven home in this episode, um, is that um, she'll always tell you how things should have been in the same sentence that she's telling you in the way things are. Yes, you're right. Like she, it, she, the the same speech where she's like, uh, she starts the speech with "This was a success," and that also we should have been paid 1.8 million yen uh, for yeah. this, but we weren't. But you know it's that's crazy, just the way the world is, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do our best. Uh, we're gonna do our best despite that. Yeah, she's very good at blinding people with the science, um, if you use that phrase. Uh, but it's true, like, you know, it's very easy for someone to say, we should have been paid more for that. And indeed, that's often true. But she quantifies it, as Alex rightly points out. And, I mean... She finally got good at math. Well, I'll be. She, she got sure good does. at using math to make a point. That's the thing. 
It's fucking Because nuts. the thing that kind of Mario understands, which um, uh, most STEM majors don't, is that math is only as important as it is to people. Yep. I, I really can't argue anymore with that, really. I might disagree slightly with some of that. <laughs> because I think, I think that there's important math that nobody cares about, but... Well, I, I'm not really a pragmatist. They wouldn't have made the math. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's fair. No, that's a that yes. Are you two going to get in a math fight now? No, I mean fight, it's a though. it's a philosophical argument about the importance of meaning and abstract numbers. <laughs> Indeed. So, okay, if I may ask the uh, the big question, shall we say? Uh, so, I was actually recently talking about this about how when I watched Parasite. Uh, can you make a film that is critical of, or indeed any work, that is cri- critical of capitalism uh, inside a capitalistic system to begin yes. with? And sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, like, <laughs> that's that's the joke that that comic is making, uh, where it's like um, uh, we hate this feudal society, and then the knight on a horse is like, yet yet you live in one. It's true. It's like it's that's true. not their fault. Like you can you can still say the thing sucks. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying I wonder then if the efficacy of the message is lost because ultimately, Kanamori, like you know, being all into making money and all that. Yes, she still has her eyes on the prize of you know making sure that Asuka and uh, Mizuzaki, you know, don't burn out, that they're looked after and all that. Their their bit interests are protected. But isn't there a better way? Well, the well, let me rephrase again- the question you're asking. I, I feel like what kind of- what you're asking is, um, can are we stuck with the world the way it is, or can it change? Because can we have a better, if not greatest, world? Th- I feel like that's what you're asking. Um, because God, if there's a communist banner at the end of the show for the greatest, <laughs> yes, <world. laughs> be- because like there they there describe is each other's no... comrades. Be- because if you fucking damn it, because if you have made a yes, that's right. They're Nakama. Finally, they're the Nakama. correct translation in English for Nakama. <laughs> comrades. If you make a piece of art, um, and other people see it, it has been commodified and become part of the capitalist system so all mess all anti-capitalist messages that people see are inside this capitalist system so either you think it it can happen or it can't and i mean i think that it can um i believe that it can and like alex was saying i mean it's it's the only it's basically the only means to do it like there's not really another way to protest it or call for change um, because there's no bre- oxygen outside of the system for that stuff to live in and get seen. I mean, I think it's about like making making the difference where you can. Because the thing that Kanamori is good at is cutthroat cap. Well, uh, is uh, like the, um, the lessons of cutthroat capitalism uh, with a heart. Uh, Ding. Uh, yeah, and, and but but it's, um, and uh, um, and the people that Kanamori uh, likes are good at making you know very self-indulgent art and you know so the the compromise is yeah like we're i'm going to make it the best for these people as i can and that's and i don't know like uh like katamori was katamori is really good at making your small business thrive she's not she's not good at communist revolt um (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, if she, if she Who among us are? It, I'm not saying she's not not good at communist revolt, but oh, we don't know yet. Um, 
but uh but 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 she has a set of skills um that um are shown to fulfill her and shown to make a difference in the world around her and she's decided to lean into those Mm. You, you know now that you mention it like that alex i think the way that i would probably describe it um and pulling off also a little bit with parasite as well is that okay i'm not saying that we go straight into you know overthrowing like capitalism or all that. i am like okay yes that's fair that's fair but the the more pragmatic response would be it doesn't mean we can't be better inside the system to begin with like you know okay there's a certain maximum theoretical level of how well you treat people inside a capitalist system like this, you know, where you're creating art and such. And we're not even meeting that. For fuck's sake. Try not Come to get on. into an argument about Parasite right now. Oh, uh, we'll talk about it off-cast. Okay, we cool. will. Um. So in that case, though, to go back to my point, though, like, with Kanamori, though, like, I'm, I'm glad that even though, like, you know, she's stuck inside, like, basically doing the same thing that was done to her family, in a sense. Oh, sorry, you, you, you're switching. No, I remember, I remember, no, you first. I remember the point uh, in Wake. Uh, she, you know, is still trying to do it in a better way in terms of caring morally and ethically about the people who are creating the actual products to begin with, which in, in a staggering way feels like it's not such a big ask. And yet, well, how many things do you want me to point out, you know, in the news and whatnot? Do you want me to mention Amazon? Yeah, exactly. So good on her for doing that, you know. She might be ruthless, but she's ruthless to, you know people that deserve it, I suppose. I mean, the best thing that Kamen Mori ever did was being bad at math, because the people who are good at math are, like, all fucking formalists who are like, ah, we need to yeah. follow the algorithm, and if you... It's all about the function of business and not about the product yeah. of it. Like, they think we you need can abstract discipline. the product out of the equation, um, and Kamen Mori is the, only, is the only person on the ground who realizes that either you couldn't or you shouldn't do that. Exactly. So I so. think... Okay. Slight possible hot take here. I Uh-oh. think Kanamori might have learned the wrong lesson from the store going out of business. Yes! All right, go. <laughs> you know, I think... So, because... And, and this has come to me from chat. Like, chat is asking, would Kanamori be into communism? And my first response was like, well, she sure, she would like social safety nets. I mean, it, it feels like she would be at least into socialism, you know, and the question is, like, how much to the left? But then I was thinking, like, you know what? Actually, maybe not. Maybe the lesson she learned from it was, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't cutthroat enough. I didn't, I wasn't hardcore enough in my, like, sales pitches. No. I didn't advertise enough. I didn't, mm-hmm. like, th- like, they, the store didn't do well enough by itself within the system. The lesson that she didn't learn was, well, this is fucked, like, and something needs to change. Mm. It feels like she's like, well, can't be. We have him. to like just be. At the, we have to be at the top of the dog pile, not like. I I deeply do not believe that that's what she took away from it. Okay, like the Kanamori at the start was um just the 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 Democrats' favorite voter, the imaginary blue collar worker who knows that you can lift yourself up by your bootstraps, even though that's a totality. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, it's that's what it feels like she's trying to do, right? I mean, it... but that's that, that's how she starts. That's that, mm-hmm. that's that's what literally keeps her uh, in height down. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, she realizes that there's like the, all these systems in place, and there's this greater context to things, and that um, the only way to survive is that even though um, the systems are fucked and unfair, 
and that they have nothing to do with like the actual reality of the situation, or at least they, um, the actual reality system doesn't um, decidedly influence the end result. Um, she and she has to. Uh, there has to be somebody um, involved who knows how to play into that, and uh, she knew that could be her. Absolutely. I but, mean, this is why she's so fervently like you yeah. know wanting to help like do all this stuff. Needs like what I would. I mean, go back to the poll I put. Like, did she go too far? Back then, without the context I had, I would have said pushing it a little bit. But it's funny how, like, with that benefit now of the backstory we have here, seeing how she pushes them so hard, but at the same time also gives them the downtime that they need, and is doing it out of, you know, the need to, you know, make sure that they're properly compensated for their work, but also making sure it actually gets done to begin with. Right, but the whole labor theory of value is a deeply capitalist idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and if she, if the reason she's doing it is like, oh my god, like, the the labor that these people are doing wasn't noticed so i have to wave my arms even harder so that they can so that this labor can get compensated like i feel like that isn't quite i don't know that 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 feels like it might be the wrong lesson i mean there's two things the first is that katamora's work ethic is as little as possible <laughs> <laughs> maximum Which is efficiency good. Uh, yes. Like that's what makes her a great producer. Like she, mm-hmm. uh, it's one of the things which make her a great producer. In fact, she's still yelling at me even this episode. Like, don't do this extra unnecessary animation. It's pointless. Yeah, she calls. Oh, she calls it like um 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 a, a research and development project, um, yeah. which is which is just great. It's great bureaucratic language for this like very off kilt this animation flight of fancy, um, and um, the other thing is. Uh, I mean, it's about like uh, it's a uh, it's about making your way in the system as best as possible. It's not. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not. She. Um, she isn't bought in, but she's no. She's but she knows everybody has to play the game, or at least everybody. Mm-hmm. As long as they're playing, they're playing this game. I can. So yes, she's a kaiju character. I can. I can buy that she would be cynical enough to like. Like, she had that epiphany of, like, oh, like, this is so rigged against uh, against common laborers, but then said what you said, Alex. Like, well, if it is, then here's what we have to do to tilt it more towards us. I mean, here's the other thing. Like, Minnie Mori was, like, let's say 12. Yep. Um, and uh, and Katamori is... Uh, I'm thinking so about her as an adult. Yeah, but uh, she's, she's 17. <laughs> That's right, she's not an adult. <laughs> She's not an adult. <laughs> she's not an. She's still a minor. It's <laughs> entirely fair point. That's a very like, fair point. Just, just because she, just because she's she so mature, like, though. You know, CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just because she's more mature than uh, most of the people and we me. know, including us. Oh yeah. yeah well, exactly. I don't want the uh, in, uh, people in chat are getting. Doesn't mean she's um, read political theory. Uh, yeah. She's. Like, Why don't you go read the bread book? No. It's like look. Everyone in chat is getting mad at me. I'm not criticizing. Um, I'm not like mad at Konamori, Like. And saying this is what she should be like doing. I love that she's doing this. I love her attitude. I love that she loves her friends. I love that she is a caring soul uh, underneath her gruff exterior. Like I love all this, right? Um, I'm just kind of pontificating, like on like just how this all, like this episode, relates to economics in my head and. You know, but it's not really about that necessarily. <laughs> it's like about these girls, and you know, this is not 
Um, this is, as I, I think, said earlier, and Alex, you also said, like, she's not, um, it's not her job in this show, nor should it be to, like, you know, like, let's change this, the economic, like, and social system. Is that like, your that's Bernie not what Sanders this is impression? About. No, this is my Bernie Sanders impression. It's not her job <laughs> yeah, that... to change the system. We are living in it. I forgot. I forgot how good you were impressions. It scares me sometimes. Kanamori Sayaka, get up here. She is going to run for vice president of the United States of America. Oh, finally we can get <laughs> anything done at all. Fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Ella. You're right. I don't, um, I was that reading Tyler into your tone. That Tyler, the creator, tweet about why isn't Chuli real and it's why isn't Kanamori VP. <laughs> or even P. Hey. Oh my god. Right, do we have any more points uh, to talk about? Uh, I've got more, but I've been talking for a while. <laughs> no, uh, Doc, you go, I'll look up whatever the fuck my points were. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good for the moment. So, shifting gears away from everyone's favorite, Kanamori, right? Um, like, beloved Kanamori. Um, and my thought experiments. On to uh, Asakusa. And especially... Yes the end of the episode and her she kind of had a little bit of a parallel moment that mizusaki's had for a couple of episodes where she has i've used this word a couple times today an epiphany um she Mm kind of comes to a realization right she's um wanting like you were saying shadon she's wanting to do the whole like lasers like you can't see them the human eye like we don't need to show the flashy beams uh this is about realism and it's very important to her, like, she's not just being a huge nerd. Like, it fits into the aesthetic of the show. It's something, it, it, it's sort of, um, that that element uh, undergirds some of the themes that she's wanting to convey about her world. Mm. And something that someone says in the show, they talk about, prof- oh, it's Kanamori. Kanamori is learning to speak Asakusa, right? She's interpreting her language. She's like says all this stuff like and then Kanamori is like could, could you I'm sorry I'm sorry Doc could you, you cut out could you repeat that again yeah so you <laughs> please cut that into a gif thank you yes, uh, use it on the discord <laughs> uh and Asaki's uh sorry Kanamori is like okay I understand that's how you want to um perform, perform it. it but fucking normies are watching this and well come on in normies come on in we love you too um and uh is like oh perform oh my god like wow uh everything that i've been doing all these little details it's been a kind of performance like it's i i am i am it's like she realizes she has this power She's not just sort of it's, gesturing. It's, yeah. She's not just like, hey, everybody, look at the world. She's like, she realizes that she is like almost like a puppet master. Like she can frame, reframe, contextualize, decontextualize whatever she wants to about the greatest world. It's a performance. It's about, it's not about necessarily like getting a complete view of it, but it's like demonstrating these different aspects 
of that world. Her her job as a director to do that. It's like she realizes she's in control of how the greatest world is presented and framed to us. So like she can manipulate everything. And she's like, oh, you think this is a problem that we don't have laser beams? Here, I just do this, this, and this. We show the shot this way. And everything that I want to get across has gotten across. And all your concerns, it's like she's becomes like, this toolbox is open her where she can solve all these problems. Like, And it's because she's realized that she is just the stage master. You know, she's she's in control you know, of how um, people see her world. And it's so amazing. Sorry, go ahead now. You, you know what's funny now that you mentioned it, I've just also realized it's kind of like a nice reminder for the audience as well that yeah okay little anime gremlin got all these amazing ideas and all that but even she can take a step back and view her own work for a different lens uh every now and again mm-hmm. you know it's a nice reminder that she's just well for all the eccentricities of the anime itself and the way that she is designed as a character like it's a nice reminder that she's just as regular and normal as everyone else in terms of okay i've got this way of viewing my work that i normally am like completely utterly horse blind as tunnel vision into but oh wait look a different way Ah, I see, I see. I also really like this as like these these two th- these two parts of the show seem very um, different from each other. You know, we have mm-hmm. um, we have them going to the you you, you were talking about thirds dog. Uh, you mm-hmm. have them going to this little little town. We have that we have Conamore's backstory, and then we have like this um, directorial epiphany. Um, but actually, like this is the um, this is something where um, Kanamori's way of viewing the world is um, very like is is critically influential on like how Asakusa sees her own craft, in which that Asakusa used to think like uh, directing for her was um, a one like um, finding like the little mind palace inside mm-hmm. of her, like, mm-hmm. a platonic ideal mm-hmm. of what of what she wanted to create. And then yeah. transposing that onto uh, onto onto animation paper, um, when um, but what Kanamori suggests is that what uh, Asakusa's actual job is is to sell that world. Her job is to um, make that look world look as much as like as much as that world as possible. Her job it um, it um, and um, and the first thing Asa- and so all the things that Asakusa has like been doing um, because. Because she loves the craft, and because she knows like what to look for, like she has the eye, and she has the um, the instinct for it. Like she, the like the sound mixing segments, or um, when she's like pointing out all the cool details, or when she points out like all the time saving things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, those were but those were things that she only did um, when like faced with constraints, because like those are things that she knew were part of the process that she could draw upon. Yeah. Um, but here. It's no, that's your job all of the time, and as much as possible. And so suddenly she, um, like as you said, she has this toolbox and she busts it open and she's like, all of them, all of the tools. Um, you want the close-ups? We got the close-ups. You want um, the shot reverse shot? Got the shot reverse shot. Um, smoke, sound, everything. We got it. It's there. That's what we need. Because as a great image once said, um, I know creators who use subtlety and they're losers. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's like that's a All great right. way of putting it. Just I, I love that this little gremlin, as you often call her Shadon, so so derisive. Um that <laughs> I'm not wrong though. She's lovely. Um She's great. That, well, 
I mean, Gizmo was a gremlin and he was fantastic. Gremlin mm. and Lovely are not antitheses. Thank you, Alex. That may be true, Thank but I, would, you. I don't know if I'd call Gizmo fantastic. I might, I might push back a little bit there. Get, get <laughs> out. Get uh, out. Have you seen that movie lately, by the way? It's fucking weird. I tried to rewatch Gremlins, the first Gremlins. Grim- I, oh. I tried to watch it I, like I, a few no. months ago. It's strange. Very strange. I film. mean, it is one of the movies that created the PG-13 rating. So, Is that true? I didn't know that. God. Uh, Gremlins and the Temple of Doom. Oh, I can see Temple of Doom. Doing because it. Temple of Doom was PG. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that was a but, mistake. <laughs> well, they, it was either that or R, and it wasn't R, no, so... No, they had to... Also, the first PG-13 rated movie was Red Dawn. Huh. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Oh, we're learning shit. Oh, my um, God. Well, we're going back yeah, to communism I... again. There we go. That's our, that's our tie-backs. <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, to try to bring it back. Wolverine in every home! Uh, I, I really like that, sh- that Asakusa, like, the most kind of, um, gosh, what's the right word? Helpless is not the right word, but she is the most riddled with anxiety, and definitely the one who feels like she leans upon others a lot, like, you, you know, though, like, though, self-reliant. Suddenly, <laughs> there's a montage in this episode where we see Asuka's uh, actually going back to the art club again, mm-hmm. and she seems to be very much in charge this time. Like not to like you know the point where she's leaning over the table, say you will do this, this, and this, like mm-hmm. you know. But she's actually not at the same time like you know presented as like shaking or quivering or anything like or being nervous like she was previously. She's just there. Like here's what you're going to do. Please do it. It's a great, it's a great position of control because she's like, here's your thank you presents for last time, and here's what I want you to do this time. And both and the 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 list of the list of demands is larger than the present. <laughs> Unfurling the scroll. Um, I a, a man. I just I'm just more young list of demands. No <laughs> You're right, Sue. <laughs> so, like, again, this is going to be me complaining unreasonably, but I oh god, I Go I understand why we had to do the montage this time because we're running out of show, and like. You can't just show it. Were you complaining about montages earlier? You're complaining about montage in an anime about making anime. I was not complaining about montages earlier. I was, um, I'm saying that a minute ago, I was quote unquote complaining by doing the the whole question like, did Kanemori learn the wrong lesson? That wasn't really complaining. This is not really me complaining either. But this is me being unreasonable and saying, if I had my druthers... I want to see, like, I don't want any montages in this show. I want to see everything. I want to spend every single minute possible with these girls. No, they're great. I love a montage. But, like, and I I totally understand why we have to do it. Again, we're running out of show. We cannot show every single thing the way we did last time. We have to move the story along. But I don't want to move the story along. I don't want the show to be over. I want more. I want to see everything. I want to see the, those interactions. Like, I I loved them last time, and I want to see them again. Um, Are you going to make your own Aizuken anime? Then, well, this is me throwing things Sergei out of the pram. Eisenstein <laughs> posited that the montage was the heart of cinema, and I agree with him. I love a montage. I love a montage. I mean, the, the, it was the one that gave me my current Discord avatar, which is them rowing the boat. I know. It's completely well, unexplained. That, that, that rocked. It. That was incredible. Um, 
No, uh, like said it was about the editing of space. For, no, no, sorry. Mm, I'm gonna get into it anyway. <laughs> this it is I do not. Of... I do not want to read. Can I just really quickly respond to Caesar in chat? I do not want to read the manga. I want to like. That is. I, I mean, I probably will someday. <laughs> this project. The the my my deep love for this is that all of your like you have had five monologues this session and you're all like they have this self defeating coda. <laughs> should we make a montage? We of it? should. Yes. Yes. That that would be a supercut actually in current parts. Uh, this this works as a film. I, the film is the medium through which I want to experience this story. Um, it I'm sure it's lovely as a manga. But everything I love about it is that it is animated, that it is moving, that is. Emotional. Would you settle for shadow puppets? I would, absolutely. Please. <laughs> okay, that'll do it. Do the shadow. Fuck puppet you, Plato. Doc, twenty twenty. Thank you. Yes, I I could get down with that. Um, no, go, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. Uh, uh yeah, no, like the. Uh... I don't. What, wait, what, wait, hold on. Where did you interrupt? Me? I don't I'm sorry. You, you're I'm, saying, I'm, I'm a very you're bad You're saying something about cinema. Yeah. I'm very, very. You say something about cinema. You're about to go off on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Um. Look. Uh, uh, montages are the cutting of space. Um. Uh. In relationship towards time to deliver the maximum amount of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um. I would agree. That it. it it's. Uh, it's why um, we remember Rocky Four for the um, uh, for um, uh, the you know uh, hearts on fire, strong desire, and that this. There we go. Heat is rising. All the openings, yeah, Commando. So good. If he dies, um, he dies. Um, or it's like um, Konosuba episode one has um, one of the best montages I've ever seen in which they start like, okay, we're here in this parallel world. Um, we have no skills. Uh, time to start our adventure. And then it cuts to them in one minute um, doing brutally hard labor, failing a brutally hard labor, um, um, drinking large amount of alcohol with their coworkers, um, g- falling asleep. Um, uh, satisfied, and then that uh, four or five more times, growing uh, better at the hard labor and more rambunctious with the alcohol every single time. It also includes rainbow-colored vomit as a beautiful aside. Um, Let me ask you, uh, can I ask you a question? Yes. I also love a montage. I've said that. I will say it again. However, this is the question I will ask you. However... Would you rather uh, view a montage of your three best friends or spend time with your three best friends? Well, the problem with that question, though, Doc, is that you're assuming an infinite amount of time in which we oh, can no, enact that. He's cut out. He's cut out. Yeah, right no. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should done. Ever, like the last two episodes, you've cut out and always like their most dramatically opportune times. It's like you're doing. I'm just it. giving. I'm just giving people opportunities to put in their own fan dubs of our podcast. What can I say? Uh, Shadon Sh- uh, is doing the end of Eva dub of his own segment. Finally, I've re- I've reached my apotheosis. Uh, no, the thing I was going to say though, Doc, is your question. I think is assuming. <laughs> no, in- <laughs> Should you restart the call? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm restarting the call. I'm restarting oh, the call, Lord. 
Lord. You're doing it deliberately. Uh, You're doing it deliberately, you prick. I know it. You point, Don't uh, point at me. I'm not doing it. I am I promise. I can't tell who he's pointing at. Because yeah, I know. Alex is in the middle again in my, in my thing, though. Oh, dear. You know, I am always right. the center of attention. Okay. It's true. It's now, true. ask her a question, please. Uh, not a question, a statement that responds to your mm-hmm. question, rather. Uh, which was to say that I think your... Doc's video uh, is quite... gone for me again, by the way. Oh, it's fine. He's just been Zawa. He's just been Zawa. As long as you can hear me, Uh, I think that's the. I can still hear you. That's fine. Okay. That'll do. Um, So basically, I think your point is that, um, or rather, your question is inferring an infinite amount of time in which to enjoy that. In we know that this anime has a definitive like set of episodes, and so again, this being the anime about making anime, behooves it to try and use that efficiently. My whole preface is saying I'm being unreasonable. (laughs) Like I understand. Why, Why the they did it? Then, because you... well, look, be- because so you can understand just my like impulse. Kanemori, you can understand just like Kanemori. Just like Kanemori, Doc understands that he lives in the real world, but he wants you to know that the just world hypothetically could exist. Mm-hmm. This is there's true. an ideal where we get new Azokan every week forever. Mm-hmm. There's an ideal where me and Doc go out drinking and make complete fools of ourselves and never speak of it again. That needs to happen, like. <laughs> Very we soon. Need to go to... <laughs> yeah. We will. Yeah. At some point. I, I, I need a substantial amount of more money. So if you want to, you know, subscribe to our Patreon and help finance my trip to America to completely destroy my liver uh, and also Doc's dignity, um, please do. The, for the stretch goal, I will destroy both of their dignity. <laughs> oh, no. You think you could have... Oh, oh. Is that it, is it, Sunshine? Shadot, I already know I can drink you under the table. Doc should be easy. Oh yeah, listen, I'm, a, I'm probably a super lightweight when it comes to this shit because I, I don't, I don't go out to do that sort of thing all that often. <laughs> so yeah, you'd have to carry me around. Both oh of god. You. Well, we that's what I bring docks. the wheelbarrow for. There's not like a rickshaw to pull me down the street. <laughs> that's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Do we have any more points to make about the episode? Um. Uh. Fuck. Shit. We got so into the conversation that I had them and I lost them again. You know what was cool? Um, um, yeah. When they were doing uh, the sound stuff and the waveform was on the screen, I enjoyed that. Yes. That was a nice touch. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, I love Kanamori's um, con smile when things are going well in this episode. Yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> I, I, indeed, that's actually... No, you're right. It's actually legitimately good how Kanemori's always constantly got the overbite going, but even then they still manage to have different mm-hmm. expressions with it. They've clearly put a lot of thought into it, which is quite neat. Yeah, no, either she has resting Kanemori face, which is a downwards triangle, or she, mm-hmm. or she, or she, or she's scheming. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. There is one of those two things, but still. Um, it goes well with like all the other like expressions. I mean, Mizuzaki has actually gone away at this point as being the most normal by I a mean, long shot. <laughs> um, Mizuzaki knows how to present the most as normal. Yeah, it's That's true. the difference. It's so true. Well, that, that, that is one of the most on point things I've ever said job. about Izakin. You, you nail on head there, Alex. You can come assemble a shed for me sometime if you're that good. If you're, uh, uh, if anyway. you're hot, you get away with a lot of that kind of shit <laughs> and, and still come off feeling if only <laughs> If only I did. I had someone in chat describe me as a tic-tac before. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a, a bot or a troll. but uh... Uh, Well, well, I'm sorry to say, but I, he's right because I always do keep it fresh. So there you go. 
I enjoyed when Asakusa again she um for for being one without a lot of courage in public like when she's in her group of friends like she's so quick-witted and just has a, a lash of a tongue like when Kanamori says that she got down the, girl the down, down girl, girl was was great and when she says you know oh I got the chamber of commerce to finance my anime which what a sentence by the way I got the chamber of incredible that was probably a very quick answer. <laughs> Asakusa says, "Did you use thuggery?" Yeah, I think the like parenthetical um, translation is, "Did you strong arm them?" Did you get one of them? In I'm a okay headlock? with thuggery though, in many senses, <laughs> but way, especially here. So um, good. Yeah, I'm waiting for. I need to see, at least have one thing happen before this episode. Sorry, this show ends. Which is, I want Asakusa to use the word shenanigans. Mm. No, that's Kanamori word. I've had I, enough of these shenanigans. Pay attention. Yeah. Okay. Yes. When, when you put it like that, you're absolutely if right. Kanamori. If there's sell one thing word. I hate, it's people that get involved in shenanigans. She always has that preface, like, "If there's one thing I hate, it's these yeah. shenanigans." Yes. Just like a yes, really very specific okay. thing that she hates. Always the one thing. Um. Oh, right, I like that the um the older anime fan who was like the crux of this episode is one politically active. <laughs> Um, Good. Yes. The Young Persons Association president. Yeah, like he's if the young Democrats didn't suck. Um, well, that's not difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, low bar, but. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, Everyone's somewhere. Um, uh, and also that he was able to articulate the thing that the uh, robot club sort of almost self destructed over. Like, just yes. because it was. Just because he was older. Mm hmm. Like Absolutely. he was able to articulate the um the cut like the the whole thing where the they were trying to say like ah it's like this but it's also like this and it's like yes. you know it's like oh yeah it's like you want you, you did a you did a super robot thing but you used like a real robot for similitude that was super cool and it was just like oh you can do it in one sentence <laughs> for similitude I mean <laughs> oh I, I love that it, word it's so funny how like these three young upstarts have managed to make like a for real robot anime you know <laughs> that's really great i, I know. really appreciate that it's crazy yeah, no, he calls some geniuses for mm-hmm. it and yeah, he's not wrong nope no absolutely i can't even like i can't even imagine like this this show has obviously done a great deal in like trying to get out was like how difficult that is but even then i still can't quite imagine it it's crazy oh, this just really hit me thinking about how oh. they um how they put together they being Mizuzaki and Asakusa, kind of the synthesis of their ideas for the robot anime. So we talk about on here a lot um, the the need to bring in other influences into anime when you are making mm-hmm. it. Like if you are an anime that is, or an industry, a whole industry that is only referencing itself, you're going to like, slowly die as your fan population dies off and you become this very incestuous insular thing um and you know asakusa has that side of it like she is so steeped in anime she's like bringing in like um influences from other robot shows she but it's a good thing this right like she understands the history of animation and anime in particular and she knows like what to reference and um, she's got some kind of working models in her head. And then you have Mizuzaki bringing in uh, influences from outside of anime in terms of, like, the movement classes she took and everything. 
and yeah. her own life both experience. of them are also bringing up their mm-hmm. own yeah own personal elements as well like um i discussed before about the differences between their influences one of which being as askers as being very te- technology based like freedom flight you know the kind of thing that has a little bit of roots in the class element versus uh mizuzaki's which is its own class element but rather more a kind of personal freedom like you know to perform an act in the way that she wants to rather than being dictated so to. like maybe maybe the best way to like make a good gundam show is not to just watch all of gundam and like re-vomit up like regurgitate gundam back to the fan maybe it's like just to make, make a totally make new a point thing. after um make you have a point after four episodes. Episodes. blooded orphans and what could have been i right yeah oh. i know i love why i'm listen, pouring one in for thinking about i love iron blooded i still love iron blooded orphans um Pouring one in for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every but, time but I that think was just that, a, I didn't think Thank about you, that Thank you, Shadon, for... Grizz, Grizz, you're watching this. Shadon is with me on this. Pour one in. Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'll, I do have a can of beer in the fridge. Wing, Wing was real anyway, uh, But yeah, no, that synthesis of, like, influences from within the medium and then without, like... Um, was so great. Like, that's perfect. And, the, and they made a great anime. Um, mm-hmm. because of that. I mean, I think the I think the thing that uh, really uh, uh, shut up, <laughs> Preston. It, 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 um, could I, I, it could be wrong. I, I think the thing that um, it's good. Iron Blood Orphans really is great. Set, re- set it apart. Uh, Mizusaki and Asakusa is that Asakusa is um, um, obsessed with how things are, and Mizusaki is obsessed with how things move. Mm-hmm. And uh, together. Uh, um, that's uh, like that. That's anyway. Um, and... Sorry, I'm laughing at Cesar's comment there because that is right. Uh-huh. Um... Uh huh. <laughs> the best way to make a road show is not to make Darling in the Franks. That's a good start. I'm like, yeah, you know. Uh... I mean, that's if I ever teach an anime class, I'm like, okay, listen up, kids. See this? See this DVD here of Darling in the Franks? Don't do this. I'm, I'm thinking Don't... of that drill tweet. What, drill, drill tweet. What the fuck is that? <laughs> drill tweet. Um... <laughs> Where um uh, uh where is like uh, uh uh I'm sorry I do not absolutely have to hand it to ISIS and yeah. I do not absolutely yeah. have to hand it to Darling in the Franks Nishigori yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, my god Zero Two was uh, a great t- character design like no no you don't you don't you don't have to go there um thank fuck for um, that. but to return to the actual anime we we're talking about. Um, I like how Asakusa and um, Kanemori move more like each other in this episode. Mm. Mm. Uh, because in the first episode, mm. uh, Kanemori is like all posture all of the time. Like she is basically st- still frames, uh, like uh, ominous stills frames stitched together. Um, and Asakusa is like this cartoon character going for like super expressive things. Um, and here, um, Asakusa gets, uh, like especially during her like directorial um, like revelation. Um, see, you can use another word than epiphany. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, she she gets like these couple of still frames um, uh, where she's like, you know, like, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, the detail this. on her face. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's super good. Um, and all, and when and yet when Kanamori gets out of that chair, she's she's like, <laughs> it's you're awesome. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's super good. Okay, do we have any more points? Any more for my review, gentlemen? This episode was great. It was great. Um, uh, uh, Kanamori could kick Light Yagami's ass. Easily. 
I, I mean, I did, I mean yes. <laughs> Alex, like, what, what, what's be wet, bro? What be wet? Um, all right. Well, in that case, then, I think we'll probably uh, take it now to the end of the episode, conclude. Uh, while do firstly, those go through the polls. So if you give me just a moment. I I'll got that. They're up. I will. Uh, oh, he's, he's yeah, on it. I am on, on Twitter it. duty this week. So I will read them back to you all. So here are the polls for episode number nine. And again, you can vote on these now. You can vote on them later. Uh, up until uh, the end of the week, and then we will read the completed results, the finished products, back to you on next episode. So poll number one, do you know what Dragon's Den is? Uh, 54% say yes, 45% no. It's a hotly contested race at the moment. Um, poll number two, is there anything fun about social media? Uh, no. Nope. Yay has 33% no. and Nay has 66%. No. So, uh, Look, I met you fuckers on it, so I can't be all bad. Aww. Bro fists. Warm the cockles of my heart, you will. Um, insert joke about you not actually having a heart because you forgot to do that. Um, I'm, cover- I'm covering hey for there. you. I'm covering for you. Um, right, thanks. I'm getting, I'm getting sloppy in my old so age. So poll three. Would you describe Kanamori as a, quote, social media maven? And uh, 84.6% say, yes. Um, why haven't you followed... Uh, you didn't pronounce that correctly, Doc. You know it's in Lee speak. You need to pronounce. You'll it have to help me out here. I'm not exactly fluent. Oh, oh, oh! I see how it is. I see how it is. All right, then. Fine, fine. Let's see how we do this. Yasum, why haven't you followed? There you go. Perfect. Uh, poll four. I was a gamer once. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let that one sit. Um, you were last week <laughs> described as the best Guilty Gear player in Britain. That's a lie. That is a fact. It might be lie. a lie that you are or are not, but you were described that way. Maybe they meant that you embodied the heart of the game better than anyone else. The smell of the game. Well, well bullshit. <laughs> oh. Uh, would you believe yeah, Kepi no. was supposed to make a cameo appearance but was so high he forgot? 90% say DUDE in all caps, and only 9% say DUDE? The question mark. Yeah, you, you know the truth there, folks. Uh, did Kanamori blind you with science? Uh, 100% say Owie, yes. 100%. Uh, landslide vote at the moment, but that could all change before next week. We will update you then. Three notes. Those are the polls. Um, the first is, um, anybody interested in blinding you with science should watch the um, Tenshi Muyo Washu MV <laughs> about blinding you with science. That's a good one. Oh my god, that's the song from... Yep. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Number two, uh, I, I, I vote for another poll, which is, um, is the I witnessed the death of a liquor store the greatest beginning to a monologue? Alright, I'm gonna do it. Age. I'm adding that poll now. Why are we no no? Why are we even making this a choice? Come on, there's only one right answer here. Because um, your polls have always allowed for the room f- uh, for your audience to be deeply morally wrong. I don't though. No, that's our responsibility as the host, though, Alex. Get it right. We shouldn't be allowing our audience to be like us. You know. Well, you know. That's why we call the podcast Worry Death Show. It's probably bad. Mm. Um. And uh, the third is uh, the point that I um, remembered and then forgot to make last time. Ooh. Ah. Uh, which is that um, the thing that I was um, not missing but thought could be added to Azokin is the f- uh, the fact that luck and chance is always going to play a part. 
Yes, yeah. Um, like, no matter how good you, no matter how hard you work, no matter how good you do, no matter how good you understand the systems, um, luck and chance is always going to be um, uh, a deciding factor in how your work turns out. And I, f- I do. And the thing I like about Kanamori's um, backstory is that it was her realizing that and um, becoming the bulwark of the Azokin against that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see where you're coming from there, Alex, and I do agree, but I do think that that's kind of also built into the fabric of the show itself by merit of the people that we have as characters. Like, it is lucky for them to have someone like Kanamori on their side to begin with, mm-hmm. but it's also equally lucky to have Asakusa and Mizuzaki, who are both very talented animators in their own right, but they bring different sensibilities in. And then even things like, oh, we were very lucky to have, like, you know, the PC that we bought for 30,000 yen, second-hand inherited, or the sofas that we got. Me, I mean, I mentioned on one of our previous discussions about Mizuzaki, like, how her wealth has played a little bit of a part in it as well. Right. Like with the hand me downs. I mean, but it, but do you but, mean but, to make but, it more but explicit? But it's one thing to comment on all your good luck, but sometimes it's just gonna be like, yeah, ah. we, it, we just didn't make it, and uh, there's nothing we could have done, and that's just the way it is. You know, you know, you're right. Um, as good as it is to, to see the uh, very nervously reveals. awaiting the next three episodes now. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I don't think this is a celebration. This is not. Uh, this will not yes. be not, a, a plane uh, crash. Uh. I'm not going to say it's over till it's over. Um, and uh, thankfully, I've been talking long enough that I could actually remember the last point I wanted to make about this episode, um, <laughs> which is that which is? Um, I loved the government shakedown at the start of this episode. Oh God! Um, I love that um, Kanamori, oh, for all her talk, for for Kanamori is the mob, but there's no bigger <laughs> crooks than the government. Yep. Um, this and... message brought to you by the Yakuza. <laughs> the... Uh, yeah. Uh, this the, the this message brought to you by the guy who said that he was okay with overthrowing capitalism. That we should do, organize a communist revolt. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, uh, guillotines. Try one today. Um, it was really the best of times. Always. Um. But the, the, some the thing is, like the, the 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 problem that the government um, has with Kanamori taking a cut on rent isn't that Kanamori is then that somebody's taking a cut on rent is that the somebody isn't them. Yeah, I mean the security club—they're literally riot police. Um, and as the we all the, the know, the, the police only serve the capitalist interests of the ruling class, aka the student council, aka the student council. Right, it really is like kill the kill, just not the way I expected. <laughs> True. Um, yes, the fascism is softer but more pronounced, <laughs> and not as uh, yep. sort of fashionably trendy. They don't get stub titles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. I think. I think Kanamori is her own subtitle. To be fair. Hmm. Do you think that Kanamori will get her comeuppance one of these episodes? Sophie has declared. Kanamori this. gets her own Yakuza game. <laughs> That I would play that. Uh, to answer your question, Sophie... Oh, she's not asking. If any come up and... <laughs> she's telling you. Yeah. Well, it, okay. If Just to get off my phone that, if that happens, it's going to be something minor. I don't think it's going to be like a complete catastrophic, like, you know, make or break moment. I think it's like a knockback, if you will, but that's kind of going to be yeah. it. She, she, she will perhaps learn something. You know, maybe there is something more mm. for her to learn because the other two have sort of had these self-discovery kind of moments. And is there one uh, in the cards for her? You know, we'll have to see. Hmm. All right. 
so we've done the polls. Thank you very much everyone who's taken part uh, thus far. You can find them on Warrior Death Show uh, at Twitter, as I said before. Uh, we'll now go to racing the episode. So I'm going to pass this one straight over to Alex. Shit. Um, like Katavori, I am bad at math. Um, and, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and I rate this episode a, um, a deeply promising business adventure out of five. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Doc, I'll pass it over to you now. So, I, I'm struggling. I'm like between two... Between two ratings on this. I almost said between two ferns. I don't know why. Um, but I, I'm going to be brave and not be... Is Zach Galifianakis? He's right, exactly. Show? He's behind me, just <laughs> out of the shot. Um, so, I think that I'm going to, again, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go a full five uh, highest marks here. Um, five uh, Chamber of Commerce funded anime out of five for this one. It it really made me think a lot. I thought that there was personal growth uh, from the characters, especially Asakusa. I loved all the time we got to spend with Kanamori. Just deeply fun and heartfelt and kind of warm feeling inducing and help me understand her more, which I always love to do with characters that I like. And, mm. you know, great also, like, plaintive, kind of peaceful moments in the episode, which I love. I love my girls getting to have a chill time. Uh, so this episode had a lot of really nice beats for me. I, I um, very, very watchable. I mean, the whole show has been super watchable, but, like, it was, you know, as cathartic and, like, um, emotional is like certain episodes that I have rated full marks have been like this one. I think I just loved for just different reasons. Like it's, mm. you know, I, I would not have thought it earlier, but the show actually is kind of pretty versatile in terms of the ways that it makes me feel on a per episode basis. Mm. I always agree. All right. For me then, uh, I am going to give this episode uh 4.75 miss Kepi cameos. Out I almost five. went there. Miss Kepi. Because- we are we needed to have those i mean here's the thing right i've we discussed before like about the idea of kanamori as a character and how we were kind of okay with her not having a great amount of examination to her backstory like she's almost up to this point felt a little mythologized and that's not necessarily the show's own doing it's often as much a process of the community and how people react to her and i think everyone loves kanamori like for me, like the tier list is Kanamori, Askuza, and then Mizuzaki. They're all great, don't get me wrong, but it's very clearly someone stands head yeah. and shoulders above the others. And to a certain extent, I think there can be a risk when you're doing a work like this in peeling back the curtain, you know, dissecting a character who otherwise has been portrayed in that way thus far. Um, to the point where we said, hey, you know what, we don't necessarily need to know. And I'm now twice wrong on that because I simply said, hey, I don't necessarily need to know about uh, Mizuzaki's parents. You know, they could be background figures they can be the existential threat that you know is for her specifically but then we learned about them and it was better for it Shadon, and s- you need to watch utina i'm Lord. going to you super do i will believe believe me like i'm on i'm on the ikahara thing now like you know i've got to get my fix otherwise i'm gonna have withdrawal um but like like with the the parents though i'm glad that i'm wrong here and that actually learning more about kanamori's history not only did it really, like, you know, show about the whole stuff about systems that we discussed, but it also really, really showed, like, how even in her own way, she still deeply cares about Asakusa and Mizuzake. 
but it's in a way that doesn't actually diminish her character or make her seem less intense, as you will. The thing that we find appealing, she's still very strong person, has her own way of showing her affection, but it is there, and it's now clear as day to us, and it's all the better for that explanation. Plus all the great stuff of, like, the, you know, the me feeling nostalgic for the places that I've been to in my past. All the indie stuff, like, you know... Um... Like all the bars, for example, I've been to, like it made me feel kind of like reminiscent of that and how I'm sad that they're not around anymore. So I'll just put my call to action out. Like if you know places like that that you're fond of supporting, like independent records, shops, bars, you know, food joints, you name it, go and support them over, I don't know, going buying a KFC or some shit, whatever it is you do instead, you know. You can always do better than that. Uh, but yeah, I really, really enjoy stuff. The one kind of sort of criticism I would have it, but it's not something I really feel as major is that it feels a bit disjointed in terms of the material which is that it's about the comic uh, comic thing but it's not really about that then it's about kanamori then it's not kind of about that and i wonder if that's a function of it coming from the manga and how maybe it, like we've discussed with vinland saga uh the way that the episodes lined up for that show didn't really translate from the material in terms of structure straight you know straightforward way you know um, but that's like the most minor of things, and that's the two point five that oh, sorry, the not point two five that I knocks off. But the rest of it was just flawless. Loved it. Shadon, I think you're right, and like that's the reason the way it's the way it's structured, the way it is. Uh, but I disagree that it's um, a bad thing because I really like how um, it's it's the it's it's the layers of um, oh um, uh, okay, this is what we need to, this is what we need to do, and this is where we need to go. And then uh, this is why I care about this sort of thing. And then um, it's uh, um, oh, and then in making this, like, how does that form the bridge to the next thing we make? Hmm. Like, it's uh, it, it's it's my, I say it's minor because I think in the end for me, like, I would have preferred if this was Kanamori's episode uh, in a structural sense, just to really give it, like, you know, that's final final moment needed of triumph that ended with her specifically no but it's she, but, but it is kind of yeah, worse, she, moment of triumph yes it is but it doesn't end on it it's more but yes it does like, so here's the thing she wouldn't have wanted um, kind of, yeah <laughs> go ahead i think you're uh, gonna say kanamori kind of uh kind of um, uh, tragic backstory was that she worked her ass off and it didn't matter um mm-hmm. um the end of this episode is um um kanamori um, directly creating the circumstances for and inspiring the next work of art for Asakusa. Mm-hmm. She her, her her work matters. Finally, oh it do, it it does. I'm not it's I'm not saying you, I, of triumph. I'm not saying I'm not saying I disagree with you at all. Uh, but I'm just saying that speaking strictly and very selfishly for for me, like I just kind of wanted it to be more all about her in this one like discreet moment, like ending on the same note, like as it with Musazaki's parents, where the ending was about her in specific. Well, cut. Kind of, but well, that's what, just me. what would Kanamori want? Would she would she want that limelight? Or I mean, I think she would. It seems like she wants, like Alex was saying, like the thing that she wants most in the world is people that are her friends and that make quality creations uh, to be to be noticed and to have the shine on them. Well. Maybe then, in that case, the closing shot shouldn't have been of Asuka talking about the Greatest Will, but more like maybe a shot like of Kanamori looking on, like you know. I mean, what they say, nodded. you know, like the best editor is the one you don't notice. Mm-hmm. I think it was true the spirit true. of her character. 
You know what I mean? Like it, mm. it felt that way, and and I'm, I enjoyed the the whole journey of it, like you were saying. And I mean, we're going after you, like you took off a whole two points. You know, it was point two. Come on. Here, here's <laughs> the thing: if you if you had if you had shown Kanamori smiling at Asakusa at the end of that, uh, she would have she would have called you names and told you it was self indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, I actually can't disagree with that in the slightest. You're entirely correct. Ah, shit. Anyway, I'm sticking to my guns on that one. 4.75. Still love the fuck out of the episode. It's great. All right, so that brings us to the end of our discussion of Azekin for this week. Uh, to all of our wonderful audience members, thank you very much for joining us this fine evening and offering your contributions and thoughts. Uh, I want to thank Alex again for joining us a second time around. It's always good to have you on, Alex. I mean... We want to try and get more and more voices on hit on this show as we go along because, like me and Doc, like you know, we have our very set perspectives. You probably at this point know us all too well in terms of, well, I mean, like, hey, it's me getting things wrong every week on what I expects and all that, you know. Uh, so we do want to keep doing that going forward and getting more people on for guest slots who can offer different perspectives and more nuanced opinions than either me or Doc can necessarily provide. Uh, so do look forward to that as we go along through this show and next. Uh, in this week, by the way, just to do a little bit of uh, housework. We're going to be discussing off-cast, uh, myself and Doc, which next show we're going to be covering for Stream of Four uh, in the next season, because we're getting to that point now. And the fact that I even have to just think of Azekin ending makes me feel very sad. God. Uh, but hey, good on Masaki Yuasa for doing Anime of the Year already, so I'd have to worry about that later. I'd have to think about it. Saves me the brain power. Uh, so look out for yeah. us talking about you this know, week. I, we'll come to I, I was that. looking at Annie Chart, Annie List, the other day, and like the top five, maybe six... Uh, shows that they listed were all sequels. <laughs> Do you want to just take a three month break, Doc? Fuck it. <laughs> Do retro, uh, a retro uh, edition where we do an episodic coverage of an old show. I've wanted to do this for some time. Oh, man. Could be, could be a plan. We'll discuss it all, folks, so you'll hear about that soon enough. Um, in the meantime, if you're looking to support us, uh, do feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash warriordeshow. Uh, you can get yourself access to our Discord. We run game nights in there. Uh, we also allow discussion of, like, you know, anime that we're watching. Uh, you can even, if you subscribe to the $3 or higher, get yourself in on asking us questions about shows as we cover them live. Uh, I mentioned before about how we're going to be picking a show for Stream of Thought for next season. But we also have our second stream podcast, which is currently on Jula Richard. And... Of course, that will be concluding soon as well. But unlike with our mainline uh, stream of thought series, God, yeah, I know. Don't want Blue Richard to end. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I mean, if you're looking for an old one in that vein, um, I would either recommend Sweetness. Well, I would, for, Doc, for you, Sweetness and Lightning, which is about a single father and his daughter, yep. like bonding. Over oh, it's cooking. great. It's great. I love Sweetness and Lightning. Damn. So good. Um. But yeah, if you want to help us decide on what we're going to cover for second stream, become one of our patrons, you can get involved in that process. Uh, you can even ask us to cover a specific anime. There's all, tons of stuff. Just go check out the, the reward list on there. Uh, do feel free to look at that patreon.com forward slash show. Uh, if otherwise you are wanting to help us on the free, uh, that's perfectly fine as well. Uh, just drop us a like, subscribe, comment, share, click bells, push buttons, you know, be a fine game player, mash hard, all that kind of thing, you know. All engagement we can get, um, particularly if it's constructive, is really, really helpful to us. So thank you very much for doing that if you do. Otherwise, I think that brings us to the end of the evening. Um, oh, by the way, Alex, uh, for those of you who may at home who may have missed Alex's previous appearance on our Azekin stream last week, uh, would you be willing to tell us, uh, Alex, where people can find you and what you do? Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, BioD42 at Twitter. 
um, or on allthemediamatters.wordpress.com. Um, uh, I mean, I'm a chef in Amsterdam, so um, uh, you can usually just find me by going out and eating some good food. Uh, but uh, the, the the best way for like most people online to find me is um, through my writing on All the Media Matters. Uh, I did some stuff about Ava, uh, about Sound Euphonium. Uh, by the way, the newest set, the Sound Euphonium new movie is incredible. It's uh, <laughs> this, and you're not talking about Liz and the Bluebird, right? This is a uh, uh, also incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but you mean the other but, one? I mean Os Finale, um, which is just it's 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 it's. Um, it's, do you know how you can, you watch an anime movie and like, oh yeah, that's an anime movie of that series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if Sound Euphonium got one and it was like the greatest victory lap you've ever seen? Man. Fuck. Well, I think I might have to you find out. This. Have you, have you watched season two, Shadon, yet? No. What? It's so good. It's so before, good. Before you, before Alex's head like twists itself off his neck there because he's stunned, uh, I'm actually going to rewatch season one as well because I actually had, I actually had some criticisms that looking back I think were completely and utterly unfair on my part about the show. I think I was looking at it too didactically in terms of like cottage industry criticism rather than just, you know, treating it the material. It he was be. like, so I want to go not enough the whole... action, not enough explosions. No, enough explosions. <laughs> I'm not, not that sex. bad. I was never that bad. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, now you're, you're not wrong there. Like, clearly in episode 10, Reina and Kumiko. Like, Should have been. Could have been. <laughs> right, okay. Anyway, let's uh, swiftly and decisively move Look, on once from one that. girl tells another girl like she wants to peel her skin off, like, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's the courtship ritual finished. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everyone. This is very touching. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm actually watching Bloom into You at the moment, though, which uh, is funnily enough like giving me sound euphonium vibes in some respects. But Bloom anyway, we'll so discuss good. we'll discuss that another day. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us this fine evening. You all look after yourselves. We'll see you next week to cover Azokan number ten. By God, we're in double digits. That makes Azokan really sad. Uh... <laughs> had to be said. Someone had to say it. Yes. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe, and good night. Good night. We would like to thank Masa Soundworks for allowing us to use his track GPS for the intro to our podcast. You can find him on Twitter at MasoPuppy. We would like to thank Phil Dragash for our incredible podcast album artwork and Twitter banner. You can find him on Twitter at Phil Dragash. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our incredible, lovely patrons. God bless you for your support. And if you would like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash show. Shouts to my wife and kids for always putting up with me. And for everyone listening out there, don't give up, fam. Find the courage to take one step forward.